does everybody know what time it is? No! Oh, I mean, it's time for the Season 7 Super Spectacular! That's right, it's grunt work. a baby then. He seemed so broken-hearted, something within him. But the moment that I first laid eyes on Tim, Al alone, on the edge of 17, because I was listening to Gruntwork, the only podcast about the TV series <laughs> Home Improvement that's been doing this shit for seven damn seasons at this point. I'm your host, Truman the yeah. Are we there yet, man caps? And with me as always is my co-host Landon, the so help me God Truman, I will turn this podcast around, man Solano. Uh, and Landon, let me be the yeah. first to say that yeah. it is good to see you. It's good to see you too. And uh, your your uh, nickname for me this week might be more apt than you believe. Yeah, really? You wait. You're you're saying you're saying those threats were true. We don't have to go to season season eight. Like you will take us back to season one. I might, uh, because as people that have been tuning in uh, for the last handful of episodes uh, of the, the final episodes of the season, not counting the, the bonus episodes necessarily, um, will know that I am now a homeowner. Um, and they, they've heard me clap into the mic like this every time, but I'm still excited. <laughs> it's weird to say. It's still surreal. I can't wrap my head around it. But the process, and see, I've, I've been in my place for full-time living for about a month now mm -hmm. and uh it has given me a completely different perspective on lowercase h home lowercase i improvement uh that makes me wonder if my perspective on the tv show would have changed uh from the get-go I'm I'm concerned that you just the second you signed the paperwork that, <laughs> that you started getting a lot of very strange opinions about women and very passionate opinions <laughs> about sports and and maybe amorous feelings towards certain older cars. So I, I just can you confirm for us that that that's not the way that you feel yourself relating to the show? Well, now? I wasn't about to admit this, but uh, <laughs> right before we were recording, as I was shoveling rice down my throat, uh, I was watching. <laughs> A documentary on uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird's rivalry. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I mean, I listen. I I think you've been possessed by the demon of Tim Alon, who who again, listen, listeners may or may not get this joke based on where in the release order we are right now. Um, that's <laughs> so yeah. So the so home owning has made you yeah. more interested in home improving. I guess one would follow the other. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean. Not out of, like, hobby, but out of necessity. <laughs> I have to uh, fix the shit around the place, and, you know, I have to learn it, and, you know, I don't have the kind of money to just hire people to do it. So, you know, I, and I, I've taken to learning things on my own. Um, and I don't want to go too deep into this as as repeat uh, content for our patron uh, who subscribed to our Nights episodes. Uh, yes. Who we went more in-depth on it there. Uh, but I... <laughs> Just to give you an example, I was trying to uh, install a, a ceiling fan. I, I've installed two ceiling fans so far. Two? Okay, um, now, when we talked about this on the Patreon, he'd only installed one, so this is actually much better content. There, it's it's so, a sequel. Okay, There's yeah. more of it. Here, Here's everything that's going on. I moved in, and the upstairs, uh, there's two upstairs rooms. One had mm -hmm. one of those kind of lighting fixtures that looks like a boob, 
Uh, oh, nice, nice. And so you, you can't put your desk in there because you're never going to get any work done. You'll be distracted all the time. No, I, that, that was my bedroom. Oh, um, hello. But... Don't even need a Sandra Bullock poster anymore. <laughs> I just got to put that boob light into a nice sleeveless blue <laughs> top. <laughs> um, anyway, as you can imagine, I needed a ceiling fan in the room I chose to be my bedroom. So mm-hmm. I removed uh, the light fixture there and installed a ceiling fan. That was the first one. I sent you the the video, and that's what we talked about on the last episode. Yes. In okay. the other room, there was already a ceiling fan installed, but I thought, well, uh, I, I want a ceiling fan down in my living room, and I don't want the lighting fixture that's down there because I don't necessarily – I'm not someone who likes a lot of light. So point being, I thought, well, I'll get matching ceiling fans for the upstairs rooms, and then I'll take the ceiling fan that's in the office, move it downstairs. I, the, and see, this is this is already a situation where I would just be like, well, I don't necessarily like this setup of, of lights and fans, but I guess I'll have to get used to it because I live here now. I <laughs> You were already more proactive. Okay, so you you so you yeah. you you take the the upstairs fan downstairs. Downstairs, yes. And I removed the lighting fixture from downstairs as well. And when I removed the lighting fixture, you know, there's the the box that has the wiring in it that is, you know, inside the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh installed by a professional electrician, not me. Yes. And but I noticed that the 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 box that has the wires in it has this like metal plate that the thing hangs from Mm -hmm. and it was specific to the lighting fixture and so i had to go and learn what is this piece of metal you know i'm not going to go to ace hardware and say do you have a metal thingy that has the screwy holes that that would be my that would honestly be my first (laughs) i would just take a picture of it honestly and just grunt and point until someone Uh, there helped me (laughs) yeah i need an adult please i'm very cold (laughs) So well, I had actually, to go I learn I'm, what a, I'm very warm because my fan doesn't work. That's really what I would oh, say. Yeah, exactly, go on. Exactly. Okay. So yes. So I had to go learn what a crossbar was and then find the different types of crossbars to put into this electrical box that would be able to hang the, you know, the the bracket for the fixture to hang from the, you know, the fan fixture to hang from the down rod. I, mm-hmm. I know so many terms now that I didn't know before and I kind of wish I you know, I I'd rather have that space in my head for things I care about. But um, <laughs> well, you've, you've you already filled you've already filled so much of that space with home improvement stuff. I know, like capital H, capital I, I know, home improvement I stuff. You may as well fill it up with actual stuff. But I sent you a picture when I was at Ace Hardware looking for this <laughs> new crossbar, <laughs> and just said, "This is my life now." And, and it's just, folks, it's just <clears throat> a wall of probably. I don't know, 80 different little boxes of screws, different types of screws that you can buy. <laughs> and it, 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 it was, it chilled me to the bone. It took me back to times when my parents were doing a home improvement project and I would have to wander around Home Depot for hours <laughs> or what felt like hours. It was probably 15 minutes and yeah. would, uh, and, and would just stare at the screws and think, God, I wish there was like a rack of video game magazines right there. <laughs> Like I would be so, I would, like like I'm like I'm dying in the desert and I'm hallucinating interesting things to a kid, like a like a you know Area 51 arcade game cabinet or something right in the middle of Lowe's. So I mean I think oh, this is a sign yeah. that you've grown up that you you find you find the once impossibly boring places now interesting and a place where you can better yourself. Oh, uh, I'm proud I of you. I didn't think... say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're necessary places to go. You know, I wasn't about to go to Ace Hardware and, you know, lean against the counter and, you know, shovel powdered donuts into my mouth. Now, now, Landon, if they ha- if we've talked about this so much, if there was a hardware store with free donuts where you could yeah. just kind of roll in and eat as many as you wanted and coffee, I would be into hardware stores if that was just part of the culture. <laughs> you know, as I said it, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it would it would it would change my perspective for sure. All, all I'm saying is that, you know, like now it's 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 recontextualized tool time for me in a way that I'm like, well, I want to go see what they were doing with their home improvement projects, uh, maybe I could get some tips. <laughs> you, you know, I think, I think honestly, that is the better version of this podcast is two guys who actually both are good at home improvement stuff, watching the show and then trying to recreate th- like <laughs> the things that Tim has done. It's like Mythbusters meets grunt work. Uh, yeah. and so, yeah, I mean, it, wow, that would be, that would be so much more interesting than what we've been recording and what you've been listening to for the past <laughs> five years. And, and folks, I'm sorry that we are not the hosts who are going to bring that to you. <laughs> I don't know. We still have one more season. Maybe, uh, I, maybe yeah. I'll turn it all around. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'll keep doing my thing and you, you become good at home. I mean, that would make you truly the Al Borland of the podcast. You'd actually be knowledgeable about home improvement and I would just be a loudmouth who knows nothing about it, but still... <laughs> talks all the time we we would really have entered our final form as tim and al <laughs> uh and i think if you go back and listen to season one we did question a lot who we related to uh the most oh my god but but also also don't go back to season one probably because you know you know that whatever little insight you'll gain <laughs> from that is going to be lost in a lot of other uh, audio fumbles and uh awkward stammering yeah. which i've kept doing I, I just want to call it now. I think when uh, season eight is over, we need to do a postmortem on the whole show and just be like, if you're going to start at season one, <laughs> here's a checklist of things you need to keep in mind. Yeah, we kind of need a January 6th commission to, to look <laughs> really hard at grunt work and subpoena some text messages, get people to testify. I yeah. was I was listen, telling them to stop listen. making the podcast in season four, but they wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> I'm going to start calling people uh, and leaving them voicemails. <laughs> Telling them uh, what they should or shouldn't do when it comes to uh, listening to the show. Yeah, look, I was trying to drive Truman away from the store with the DVDs of Home Improvement, and he started choking me. He was saying, no, I have to make the podcast. Take me back there. <laughs> oh, this is dark. Yes. Let's get out of that corner. Yes. Uh, so into another corner for updating people who aren't on the patron feed about uh, things going on in our lives. I recently had the old coronavirus. That's the big thing that's been oh happening to me. Landon has been acquiring property and I have been hosting uh, infectious diseases, <laughs> which makes me a landlord in a way. Um, and, are, your, and, are your cells doing home improvement since you are their home? I, I mean, I, I hope my cells are improving. I, I, get this, I get the sense just generally that they're degrading, but I hope they're improving themselves. That would be a nice twist. Um, but no, I, I had three days of very mild, brief symptoms, and then one week of still being infectious but feeling fine and being sequestered to two rooms of my apartment. Um, and in that time, I did a lot of thinking, and I did a lot of reflecting. Oh boy. And I have, I've, I've come around to the fact that 
not only am I quite fond of the TV series Curb Your Enthusiasm now because oh, yes. I watched so much of it, but also I think that uh, Marty Funkhauser, played by Super Dave Osborne, might be <laughs> my dark horse candidate for uh, favorite character on the show. Um, <laughs> uh, I, you won't get much argument from me, although I, I, I'm a Curb head to and through. I like Curb more than Seinfeld. Yeah, you're you're a real curb stomper, huh? You're just you're just all about that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you can't call yourself a curb head. You invite you invite the two, the two images and put them together. Um, oh Lord! But so yeah, other than that, yeah, you know, sitting in my room watching TV, the thing I always do. Landon's out there buying houses and learning how to do new yeah. things, and I am just really stagnant. Body's learning how to how to uh, uh, you know protect itself against new viruses. That's good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like that was like probably like three weeks ago at this point so i should probably find a new ha- new hobby after that <laughs> but yeah i think it well i just wanted to to touch on all that stuff just to to kind of this isn't for posterity this is for the immediacy of people listening to week 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 to week but uh we are kind of inconsistent with our schedule right now we are on break and we are recording different bonus episodes that we are releasing kind of out of order. It's a little ad hoc right now. There's a lot of shit going on, guys. Uh, We appreciate, or everyone, I'm sorry, I'm really working hard to eliminate guys from my my vernacular. Folks, uh, I'm encouraged at work the... The, the official the official term I'm supposed to use at work is y'all and that is a true fact um so we can we can uh, do that okay. too on on the the I mean listen I'm all about inclusion and, and inclusive language oh boy someone uh, used your palms y'all together. today mm-hmm. and it it was jarring it, like it was not at all seamless it was very noticeable and then I didn't hear what she said for the next five minutes because I was just like Y'all was weird. That's a weird one to use. Let's not use y'all anymore. You, you need to have. If you don't have a southern accent, it just it it seems like you're saying forsooth or or verily or something. <laughs> it's like the same energy as a Renaissance fair dude. I I I mean my my job that requires us to use y'all when a- addressing a group of people is headquartered in Portland, Oregon, and not a single southern person works there. So it's a lot of hey y'all. I want to talk to you about uh, this new account. <laughs> So if I were you, I would I would protest the management and say I refuse to uh, abide by this contraction. Can I just use you all instead of y'all? I, I would totally say you all. And look, also, I mean, I would much rather use a gender inclusive word that sounds weird to me than not be inclusive. So that's just just to just to diffuse well, that think, right away. I, I okay. So I've been using folks. I've been using everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming. Uh, I hope everyone doesn't find me super boring during this meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> all good things to say. Benedictions to start each meeting. <laughs> so before we get into uh, the, the, the deep dive of this season, I just wanted to take a second, do a little preamble with a few things. Uh, oh, we've been I, doing that. I, I, th- I thought, yeah, I thought we were already in. Yeah, <laughs> my God, did my, did everyone else's life just flash before their eyes? Like, wait, what were we... <laughs> What have we been what doing? What were we just doing? We're, we're okay, 16 no. minutes into the Home Improvement Podcast, and they've mainly I... been talking about their own lives, and now the preamble begins. <laughs> I put homeowning underneath this other thing I wanted to uh, to bring up. Um, <sighs> I want to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a riddle, Truman. And, oh, God, okay. Um, riddle corner. Riddle corner. I want you to uh, tell me what all of these people have in common. All right. All right, ready? Yes, I'm ready. Bob Odenkirk. 
John Stewart, Jeremy Piven, Tom Petty, Jerry Seinfeld, Bruno Kirby, Sean Penn, Ellen DeGeneres, Jim Carrey, Carol Burnett, Greg Kinnear, Warren Beatty, and Tim Allen. Uh, left-handed? <laughs> Holy shit, that is a really good guess. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's could... not not right, but... Uh, <laughs> that would, a better uh, guess would be the right one. <laughs> but that was a very creative guess. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought that was... Uh, that was smart. Yeah. Uh, okay. No. Thank you. What's the answer? The, the answer is they were all on the series finale of the Larry Sanders show. That is like, was it all in one just kind of, were they all in the shot at once? Like the end of the Muppet no. movie, just a very wide <laughs> shot. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a lot of them did interact, but uh, they're okay. So I've been watching Larry Sanders. It's kind of been hailed as the greatest uh, sitcom of all time. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I would debate that only in terms of its structure. I don't feel like it's necessarily a sitcom. I mean, it's a comedy, yeah. but not in the same strictures as well. Maybe I don't know. It just it's it doesn't feel like it fits in the same world as Home Improvement. Yeah, and and yeah, and you don't and you don't love it nearly as much as you love Home Improvement. I mean, which is your favorite sitcom <laughs> of all time, as any listener will know. Oh boy. Um. But I knew that Tim Allen was going to make an appearance on Larry Sanders, and I was waiting for, you know, this entire season seven to make mention of when it came up. Uh, I finally finished the series yesterday, and lo and behold, it was the last episode <laughs> that he's on. <laughs> they saved him for the very la- Is he the last thing that you see? Does he become the new host of the Larry Sanders oh show? God. Actually, Jon Stewart was supposed to, and I mean, it's a whole saga. If you're really interested in uh, Larry Sanders, Gary San- Shandling, uh, his comedy and, and career, I highly recommend the Zen Diaries of uh, Gary Shandling on HBO. It's a fantastic documentary. Okay, um, okay. Noted, noted. They, they go into stuff like that, but... Uh, <laughs> So I'm watching this and it's a, you know, it's usually a half hour show, but this particular one uh, being the finale is an hour. Mm -hmm. And like I get to like halfway through it and I'm like, okay Tim Allen hasn't appeared yet. There's this like, you know, crowd stopping number by Jim Carrey. (laughs) There's this argument behind the stage between Greg Kinnear and Bruno Kirby. Jon Stewart is playing like a subterfuge character because he's going to take over the show. And it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh and I'm like, where the fuck is Tim Allen going to like even fit into this? Uh, and every time Larry introduces a new uh, guest on the show, you know, uh, it it's doesn't, you know, he introduces uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn comes out and talks for like five minutes, a five minute segment. And I'm like, OK, this is minute 45. We are running out of time. <laughs> is Was it like was it kind of like watching a horror movie where like, you know, Tim Allen is out there somewhere and you're just waiting for him to strike? No. I want to go on record. I don't, I can't verify this. <laughs> okay. More, more, uh, more evergreen podcasting statements. <laughs> I'm just going to state what happens and you can infer whatever you want to. And maybe it'll be the same thing I inferred. They finally introduce my next guest, uh, is Tim Allen, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Tim Allen comes out and you know, the curtains open and he starts to walk up to the stage and then it cuts <laughs> from it cuts from him right before he even says anything (laughs) it cuts away from him 
yeah. to Bob Odenkirk, who is playing Gary uh, Larry Sanders' agent uh, mm-hmm. in the show. And by this point, uh, Bob Odenkirk's character is just like he's he's double timing Larry because he's also representing John Stewart, who's going to take over the show. So he's kicking Larry. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. And, but Bob Odenkirk is just like on running on 11. And so they cut from Tim Allen just walking out of the curtain before he says anything to Bob Odenkirk in a uh, office watching the show on a monitor doing rails of coke. <laughs> so you don't hear Tim Allen say anything. It just cuts away from him. It, it's, it's just background noise while we focus on Bob Odenkirk. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for uh, about a scene, and then it cuts back to Tim Allen at the end of his interview going, <laughs> goodbye, Larry, we're going to miss you. We're really going to miss you, really, honestly. Okay, so... so- <laughs> Okay, but that's Tim Allen doing some of his dramatic acting, which uh, I have I have been observing lately. I think he would be better suited to. Maybe this was, you know, maybe maybe Tim Allen wanted to be written into the episode that way. He wanted to to. Uh, maybe. Be, you know, he, associated he, he, with. I mean, the it honestly man. looked like he had ten minutes to spare while he was on the lot and walked on, did his thing, and walked off. <laughs> also, does that imply that maybe the the Larry Sanders people shot? interview bits with a bunch of different celebrities and just they're like okay the one that's that's the worst will be the one that we cut away from to bob odenkirk doing cocaine and uh i mean they have sean penn give like an incredibly boring interview for about five minutes (laughs) and they give tim allen zero time and cut away to someone doing cocaine i mean there's that Oh, I see. And I guess there's also certain associations about maybe where the cocaine came from. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Truman, uh, Truman, the subtext man caps, mainly just uh, mainly just sitting here thinking. To be clear, I I wasn't I wasn't insinuating that Tim Allen brought it. It But just just that they were. It was more of a a subtle commentary by the filmmakers (laughs) cutting away from Tim Allen to someone doing coke. I, I would also like the the main thing I was thinking about instead of that that subtle connection is just how if it were me watching that and thinking I was about to see Tim Allen get interviewed but then cutting away and seeing Bob Odenkirk it would just be like in the movie Little Women when Bob Odenkirk walks on screen <laughs> and I am I am elated and so excited <laughs> I wish oh, I wish that God. I wish that every time Tim was about to speak in home improvement or any of his films that we've watched so far uh that i just got bob odenkirk instead that would be such a such a great <laughs> trade-off that would be that's that's the superpower that i want well to be fair though i i could see tim allen exceeding in the roles that bob odenkirk is in like yeah he, he i mean be, he granted, be there's a there's an age difference but yeah i i could see like 10 years ago tim allen doing like a, a nobody role or even a better call Saul role yeah I mean, honestly, I still would like to see Tim Allen try and do a, a Better Call Saul role. I'm, I'm calling it, man. I think it would really be cool. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen um, at this point. But, uh, hey, you know, I would I would like yeah. that. That's my big that's my big reflection He's... from season seven <laughs> is I want well, Tim that's... Allen to become a prestige drama man. And we'll get into reflections in just one more second, because I think that's a good oh, segue. Just still to mention... preambling. No, no, no. I, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, Assembly Required was not picked up for a second season and oh. that they are coming back. Uh, Tim, Alan, uh, I called him Al. Tim, Richard, <laughs> and April <laughs> are coming back for um, uh, another show on Home Imp- <laughs> the oh, History Channel yeah, t- okay, called t- More Power. The thing is, it's all collapsing in on itself and, like, fiction is becoming reality and it's, like, my brain can't unravel it. 
I, I mean, yeah, they it, they already weren't doing you any favors that the star of the show and the main character on the show Home Improvement have the same name. And now the fact that the <laughs> now that they're making their own yeah. little uh, synecdoche New York situation here where life is imitating art, imitating life. <laughs> Pretty, I mean, if they start doing a show within the show, then my brain will just completely erode. Your, your brain will erode when you realize that you, your whole life, by making a podcast about the show, are in fact part of a larger arc on the show about them finding out about the podcast. <laughs> oh my god, I can't, I can't do that one. My brain, yeah. my brain didn't want to go there. You you know you you realize that this entire time you've lived your entire life inside the uh, the glove box of one of Tim Allen's sports cars, um, <laughs> and just like Geraldo, that glove box is empty. <laughs> well, that's me. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the guy who'd keep the manual. Um, <laughs> might be some I don't know, but also based on what I what we've seen in his movies recently, maybe there would be a dirty picture in there or something that you'd look at and go, ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. So, anyway, off of, <laughs> Let's just keep doing that. On that note, ooh. Well, that, that, yeah, that's that's. Well, what are your reflections on season seven? Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now we're gonna move into reflections on the season. Um, Truman, what do you have any like overarching things that that pop out to you? Uh, I think when we started saying ooh just a minute ago, I think that was a <laughs> that was a seminal moment in the season. Um, the, the thing that, the thing that stands out to me when I reflect on season seven, which is what we do in this segment, which we call reflections, uh, (laughs) I, I, I went back as I do at the end of every season and I scrolled back on Wikipedia through all the episodes from that season, just to try and remember what I'd subjected myself to. And most of the time when I do that, I'm looking back at the first few episodes that we watched months and months ago and I'm thinking like, what the fuck is this? I do not remember this episode. (laughs) This season... Everyone that I looked back at, even the first one, going back to Quest for Fire, episode one, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that episode. They're at the cabin, and I can remember, here's three jokes from that episode that I remember, and this funny pratfall. Like, (laughs) this episode, or this season, stuck to my brain, I think, more than other seasons have. Hmm. And I I would say that I I think I have a little, this is very qualified, because I have a lot of other opinions about the season, but I think this is the best season that they've done. I think... Uh, I think I might agree with you on that. I mean, my my biggest reflection is that I think it starts off so strong. Yes. And I was actually just trying to pinpoint where the turn was for me. Mm. I played that and, game too. What, where, where are you landing? Well, I'm discovering something here, which is that I don't know that it had a turn, but there were just a handful of episodes in a row that were just painful to watch and then it just ends on such a I don't know lackluster episode that I, it kind of reconceptualized like it, it it distorted the season for me mm-hmm. so like when I'm looking back let's just run through a few of the highlights quest for fire we already talked about a little bit uh but Randy you know is getting more into his journalism so we've seen mm-hmm. him uh interview Bud uh that yeah. was the season and yeah. when he was uh competing with Brad for uh the school paper that was yeah. this season um, yeah brad's column hey yo <laughs> hey yo uh so i think all of the randy stuff was really good the, I um agreed this this was as listeners will remember this is the season when randy and i became best friends uh and that's right yeah and <laughs> and it's really cool because randy's not going anywhere in season eight i'm excited that my best friend will be right <laughs> right here with me right by my side uh 
I so the, I think the biggest thing that kind of dropped off for me was this idea of change and finding a new status quo for himself in Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where that yeah. started out so strong and interesting, and then just kind of I don't even know where. Maybe around like the episode where he's trying to help his brother or doesn't want to help his brother's business. You know, Jeff is going to live with his mom again. Mm-hmm. Like something just like once it hits a certain point, it just never goes back. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's a missed opportunity for me. I I agree with you. Your thoughts are my thoughts. We agree and we I agree and we are in agreement. You gotta love it when you fuck up your own catchphrase and when your catchphrase <laughs> is that cumbersome. Um no, I, I feel exactly the same way. I felt like this season I remember how excited I was at the beginning of this season because every episode, even if it was not great, it was really consistently mm-hmm. good and thinking like, oh, they've they're okay, they're really hitting their stride. They're kind of following through this Tim midlife crisis stuff. And I I don't know. I think it was somewhere like I, I think it was late. I wanted to say halfway through the season, but I think there were it was it was later than that. I think maybe eighteen episodes in feudal attraction where where Tim becomes suspicious yeah. that Heidi and Al are sleeping together, and he suddenly is consumed by this and can't get it out of his head. And that was a big one. By yeah. it. That a big that, I don't think they ever truly came back from that, with the exception of one episode that uh, I hold in pretty highly in my heart already Ooh, spoiler alerts for <laughs> two hours from now when we discuss that um but i don't know so i think that that most of the season was pretty strong it's just they tanked pretty hard in kind of the last six or seven episodes and i yeah. would attribute that maybe to the fact that you know you've mentioned this before that there were a lot of contract negotiations ongoing at this point about like you know, is is season eight going to be the last season or are we going to sign you for a couple more seasons? What's going to happen? Right. And it might have just been that because that is all contingent really on Tim Allen and Patricia Richardson signing. And JTT. And, oh, and JTT. Yeah, that that whole debacle. Uh, <laughs> I Basically, I think that that was getting sorted out by lawyers and agents. And at that point for the writers, it's like, well, we can't really start setting up a lot of shit for next season because we don't know. Right who we're going to have or what we're going to do. So let's kind of just not that, not that we got much of that, you know, as a, a week long, you know, sitcom, there isn't a lot of like setup for next season, but like, but like taking the characters in, into interesting places or like kind of yeah. beginning to open up stuff that could get, you know, could, could then go to the next season or something like that. Like they're not right, really, right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like the wire, but now that we're talking about it, there were a number of episodes. I remember us taking the writing really to task going, this just feels lazy and, and slapshot. So yeah. that seems to, I mean, we're all just speculating here uh, as friends and fans of the, the show, but that those things seem to make sense to me. I, I mean, yeah. That connection. Because, and yeah, and it's not to take anything away from the writers. I think it's, they were probably left in a place where it's like, well, okay, we can't really do a whole lot of stuff. We don't, you know, yeah. they're, they're sort of in a holding pattern. The show was in a holding pattern. So they kind of just had to, you know, f- run with whatever they could. Just, you know, just kind of fall back on some some dumb gags. What if yeah. Tim went to space almost? Um, <laughs> some other reflections I had. Just, I think that, again, it's, this doesn't really bore out by the end of it, but they... I think that finally all of the characters have kind of fallen into their thing. And I'm thinking yes. specifically of the boys and Mark yes. especially. Uh, yes. They f- finally gave him a character. 
I know. And and lo- it only took him only took him <laughs> seven eighths of the show's run. I know, but you know, I would even say for for Randy, which we saw hints of this, you know, in in season five and six, he kind of like from his first, uh, you know, main episode for himself, the Clash of the Taylors, where he's interviewing Bud, like. That episode sets who Randy is for the rest of the season. You know, yep. he's going to be this passionate uh, kid who's interested in world politics and and that you know and local politics and it, environmentalism and and that's going to actually carry him through our first couple episodes of season eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how and, we became such good friends. Was like you know <laughs> we're, we're, we're passionate about the issues. We both we we both think that at Halloween the scariest thing you could dress up as is a Republican. Which was an all-time Randy line for me. Uh, but even Brad too, I think you know he's kind of for the last couple seasons been playing the dumb jock character, and while that is still true to a degree here, I don't know. They gave him kind of a I don't know. I, I I'm talking to an only child as an only child. Yeah, where <laughs> I have to that's imagine the content you you really keep coming back for, folks. <laughs> Listen, uh, listeners, write in. Let us know if you are, if you have, if you're the eldest sibling. I'd be curious to know whether or not there's a point, particularly in your later years of high school, where you start to look outside the home and go, mm. uh, you know, what do I want to do? Where am I going to be? What college do I want to go to? What job do I want? Do I, you know, get married right away? Because uh, I think that that's an interesting thing that they did with Brad is they made him a little worldlier isn't the word i want to use but like you know there's he's dating an older woman he's hanging out with college kids he's smoking pot i i think worldlier is the right word to use because i feel like uh, any other show i mean another show could do kind of the same arc with the oldest boy kind of getting out into the world dating a college girl you know smoking pot things like that and have him be the intellectual kind of like big big thinker artsy type doing that and i think it's sort of unique and interesting and what i enjoyed so much about zachary ty Bryan this season is how he conveys that uh but as kind of a jock and yeah while not like a dumb jock necessarily he's he's funny and and naive and he sells it so well and i think it's just it's right. a very interesting and and enjoyable comic performance he's a worldly fool kind of <laughs> Na- yeah that's a great way of putting it naive is is very apt uh, i think for for brad this season yeah um i think the other biggest change uh which i, I we talked about this in season or episode 6 where you're on the show for you're on, the show's on for seven seasons mm-hmm. and you feel like you want to just mix things up a little bit. And some, some shows bring in a baby. Yes. Other shows bring in a hippie, the kooky, kooky niece of your kooky next door neighbor. Oh, oh man. Willow. Willow is not just a weird kind of off brand Lucasfilm property or Jim Henson property, <laughs> or whatever the hell it is. I think it's a bit of both. Oh, really? Okay, it's a little mix, mix of the two. Don't know what it is. I just know it's got the guy from Time Bandits in it. Um, you haven't seen it? I've not seen Willow. I'm not a Willow guy. Also, doesn't have the guy from Time Bandits in it. No, isn't, there's the dwarf from, isn't, is Warwick, Warwick Davis, yes, is in it. He's not in Time Bandits. Man, has there ever been any actor that I have not <laughs> mistaken for another actor in another movie? That's the, the the most important thing about this podcast is it's really charting 
just like my my very gradual mental decline, whether or not it has anything to do with the show <laughs> that we're watching. So Willow, though, is Willow. a yeah a character who I did not like when she first showed up. I I you know had kind of an an initially hostile reaction to her for most of her run, and then yeah. right when I found myself starting to like her, uh, ripped away, ripped away from me, uh, she taken was away, torn from you. Yes, this is. This is uh, very true. Another Larry Sanders thing. Is that Thank where you. we're going with that? Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know what were, but you were always more pro Willow, as I remember. I don't know. I I don't know that I was pro Willow so much as I was. Uh, I don't know, just not as anti Willow <laughs> as you. I definitely Listen, thought it was no, an awkward. It was an. It was an awkward addition. I, yeah, I'll give it that, but I don't know. I, she I, she at least brought a character that didn't have a, you know, they weren't being redundant with anything. She was bringing something new, whether it was working or not is, you know, up for debate, but at least it was, I don't know, something new for the characters to react. You know, and that's a very, that's actually a very good point. And I will give you that because I so often uh, will be critical of this show and of other things for not. Uh, trying shit and and just <laughs> right. like even even if it's even if it doesn't work it will at least be something different and interesting and shaking things up and so I yeah I do respect home improvement for trying it out and I guess I maybe I was unduly critical of Willow a character who I still <laughs> think is pretty uh, pretty annoying in in a lot of her dialogue and and performance <laughs> but I res- uh, I respect them for for trying to add a little new spice to the show and uh, and it doesn't always work but good it's good that you try I have one more reflection and it's it's more of a a question like i'm looking in the mirror at the reflection but it's foggy and with my finger i'm drawing a question mark in the fog dude this is so deep man that's amazing (laughs) did you did you write that i just came up with it (laughs) you you got you you guys landon is landon is out of this world you can love love to just get inside his head and crawl around for a second here's my question yeah uh did we Get a man's fill in the blank this season. I don't think we did. I don't we think didn't so. get any. Yeah, we didn't get any uh, any any man's you know man's kitchen, man's bathroom, uh, whatever. We didn't. Yeah, they didn't do that this time around. <laughs> they, I, were, they spent the entire budget on cameos and sending Tim and Al to uh, Nassau camp. Yes, yes, exa- a very, a very real NASA camp, not just, uh, <laughs> not just a couple of football fields in outer Burbank. Um, yeah, well, I guess actually, the, but the special effects to make his face look all screwed up in in the oh NASA episode where he's gone in the yeah, thank you. We've seen a lot of disturbing Tim <laughs> Allen things lately. We've been watching some that of his films. Worst. And yeah. uh, and yet that I don't know I don't know it's hard we might honestly in our in our January sixth commission uh, grunt work commission <laughs> at the end of the podcast we should do a post mortem on like the, the the most unappealing things we've seen Tim Allen do in the whole run of the show and <laughs> that's I don't know that he did that but they did that to him and I don't like it. Okay, that that is true. That is true. The most the most unappealing Tim Allen oriented things. Yeah. Um, yeah. They may have had Tim's consent. They did not have my consent to show me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there should have been one of those uh, those warnings, like they put on some of the older episodes of the of the Muppet Show, where they do uh, Native American uh, headdresses <laughs> right. and stuff. But just saying, right. this representation of Tim Allen's face was not okay then, and it's not okay now. However, we feel <laughs> that to censor it is uh, to deny our history and make it harder for us to come to terms with what must be done, which is. To never do it again. Yeah, which is to definitely not make a podcast about it. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I done I done reflected as much as I can reflect, and also a lot of the things that you're reflecting are things that I'm reflecting. So maybe, in fact, we're standing in front of the same fogged up mirror and and <laughs> uh, drawing symbols to denote our opinion of you, home improvement episodes in the in the glass. Well, you know what? You can just uh, draw a reverse question mark next to my question mark and make that a heart, baby. Because so so the. So the message that you're sending is question mark loves question mark? No, the question marks themselves become the heart. Oh, I see. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So that's... We, we, we stand together in our confusion of this show that we do. Uh, okay, yeah. Like, I, I mean, that would be... Maybe I would have picked up on that if we were actually both physically standing in front of the same fogged up mirror. Uh, you know, I guess pulling back the curtain for people at home who assumed that we were always recording together standing in front of a yeah. mirror, fogged up or not. Um... All right, so to stop talking about that, maybe let's talk about <laughs> some of our favorite moments from the season. Won't yeah. You? Okay, so we're gonna let's go into to uh, our our favorites section where we're gonna talk. Uh, we've we've got our lists. Uh, before we go into a moment, though, I want to kind of get there in due time. Um, let's. I want to start. I think we can bore out more moments. Uh, mm-hmm. It just kind of tackle everything at once. Let's start actually with uh, cameo, the mm-hmm. favorite cameo, mm-hmm. and so yes. I want to differentiate this. Cameo is people that have been on the show who are playing themselves, mm-hmm. uh, not a, an actor that comes on and, you know, is a character actor, which, you know, we go into different corners every single week about our character actors. Oh, yeah. And the character actors are different than the recurring actors who are, you know, uh, on the show season to season. Yeah. So with that in mind, uh, let me just give you the, the long, long list of cameos we had this season. Okay. Uh, yeah. Buckle up, everybody. Make some popcorn. It's it's four long. <laughs> okay, so so make some so put the popcorn like s- super high, like set your microwave to its highest setting to cook it in four four names. Uh, I'm gonna go in reverse chronological order. So, uh, the NASA crew when uh, Tim and Al went to camp and yep. Re- theoretically space repeat offenders like three four timers <laughs> at this point not uh not representing the endeavor crew this time they're just nasa blue collar workers just just scraped the bottom of the barrel down at cape canaveral and chucked them onto the tool time <laughs> set grant hill from the detroit pistons playing an alien an Maybe? alien or, or an alien or grant hill like it, grant hill in a men in black yeah. edgar suit situation or, or was it that he was hunting aliens. Well, I think it it can't be that he was hunting aliens because if Grant Hill was hunting aliens, that would have been a spinoff instead of Soul Man, and it would have <laughs> run for twenty five seasons. Yes, and I would okay. have watched, and we would be making a podcast about that show and having better <laughs> lives because we were happier. Um, Green Jacket winner is that the name of it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the PGA Tour winner, uh, Payne Stewart. Yes, Payne Stewart, a a golfer. I have no bits. <laughs> I am without bits. <laughs> you hate golf. I mean, look, I respect. I I I don't want to disrespect golf. I just have I have no content on it, and I want to be golf neutral because I know that you love go- or you enjoy golf, and I don't want to like be yucking your well, gum because I think it's great that. You know, I, okay, for- I I also want to go on record saying this. I I enjoy the time I spend with my dad playing golf. I, given the opportunity, I would absolutely sign a petition and say, let's get rid of golf courses. Yes, yes. I, we, we, we've been, we've been over this before. We've been, I mean, yeah. I've, I've. I just want know. the record clear for my name. That's all. 
Yes, okay, okay. I just don't, I also don't want to be shitting on the thing that you and your dad like to do together. I mean, I would feel a little offended if you, if you, like, started talking shit about emailing New Yorker articles back and forth. Like, that would be, you know. <laughs> what dweebs do that? Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, pulling my collar, steam shoots out. <laughs> like, after all these years, Landon might find out I'm a dweeb. Um... <laughs> Okay, who was the last cameo of the season? Though? The last, uh, the last, aka the first cameo of the season is Mr. Rodney can't get a break, Dangerfield. Yes, yes, a famously respected man, Rodney Dangerfield, in a <laughs> in a one of the most unexpected, out of nowhere cameos baffling. I have ever seen in media. To this day, baffling. <laughs> it's. Do you think it's up there? With, like, Hulk Hogan showing up in Gremlins 2 to make the Gremlins start up the movie again? Is it weirder than that? It is weirder than that, because I think Hulk Hogan showing up in the Gremlins is, like, they were both on the level, the the same kind of pop pop culture level uh, Mm. at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you could easily see someone having a Gremlins lunchbox underneath their Hulkamania poster. Actually, that makes perfect sense. I guess Gremlins Gremlins is pretty shithouse, if I've learned anything from listening to <laughs> Tope Suicida, a wonderful podcast about wrestling. And a couple-time guests. Wait, were they guests this season at one point? They were not. That was last season. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we, had, uh, we had zero guests this season. I were, you remember I remember several season spectaculars ago us going like, yeah, next season we're going to we're gonna try and get some guests on. No, guys, it is so hard to get guests on podcasts. My God, is it difficult. Uh, yeah, mostly just because we have such a rigid recording schedule. <laughs> well, that's that's also <laughs> like I that's can't fit anything more in my life right now. Well, yeah, well they need to. Yeah, come on, get on. I mean, it's an honor to be invited on the world's, uh, you know, preeminent home improvement podcast. Um, although I, I will say maybe you know, and I'm going to bring this back up at the end of the episode, but we will be doing a spot on uh, microphone carnival. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Which is a podcast about Richard Karn um, <laughs> soon. And it might even be released by the time this episode airs. So uh, go check out that podcast by uh, for, for boys who are just diving into all kinds of Richard Karn content. They did a movie that I have been wanting to watch for like 22 years. Really? Uh, I've, I've just I've mainly been listening to their home improvement recap episodes to kind of like <laughs> see how their podcast stacks up against our early episodes. And it stacks up much, much better. Um, they, what, what was the movie? They did Tales of the Mummy, this just mind-numbingly forgetting, forgetful, forgettable. Good lord! Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it makes you forget how to speak. It does. Uh, a monster movie, and I think Richard Karn has like two minutes in it. But um, it was after Home Improvement, and I've just always wanted to see it. That's and and you know what? I respect their commitment to an entire movie for two minutes of Richard Karn. That is, that, those are people who truly have love and respect for the craft well, of Karn watching. I mean, I think the the movie's like an hour and a half for two minutes of Karn. We we I think proportionally did that with <laughs> undue suspicion. Oh God, no undue influence. But yes, we influence. did. We yeah, we really went. Oh man, we we <laughs> we rooted through an awful lot of trash to try and find those truffles. What would you have rather do? Go to Jamaica. <laughs> oh man, just why just send me into that post office and blow it up. A thing that now that I think about it is actually quite disturbing given all the things that have probably gone on in the world since uh, since yes. we did undo influence. So, um <laughs> my favorite cameo from the season land and I'm going to say it, uh yeah. it was it was Rappin' Rodney. It was Rodney Dangerfield. And I say that uh, yeah. I say that not mm-hmm. as a 
person who is necessarily a fan of Rodney Dangerfield, but just that out of all of them, he is the most dynamic on camera. He has the he is the most good as a performer. <laughs> yeah, and and um and he's saying he could actually get a line out. He could get a line out. And also, uh, and and also, I'm interested to know. Oh, Roddy Dangerfield. I know him. I know what he's like. I'm sort of interested to see how he fits into the home improvement world and what he'll have to say to Randy. <laughs> Whereas it's like some some you know some professional golfer I've never heard of. It's like, well, okay. I, I every time he talks to an athlete, I can kind of see where this conversation is going to go. So <laughs> that's and every time he talks to an astronaut, same same deal. Uh, what yeah. about you though? I mean, it's it's no contest. It's definitely Dangerfield, uh, mostly because he's the only one who really gets a, a bit, you know, mm-hmm. like the the NASA crew are just there to set up the rest of the episode. They're there for like two two minutes at most mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in, at tool time uh, to announce that they are taking a, a member of the Binford crew to space with them. Mm-hmm. So they don't even really get a bit to do. Um, Payne Stewart, I mean the less said about that opening the better um i and grant hill was just you know there's a whole like uh virtual reality gag that they were playing oh, on yeah. al yeah that was uh, yeah that was kind of funny bit. but it was yeah. more the bit that was funny than it was the cameo I, and also it was richard karn's performance that really was i mean he was sti- like that the bit works because of how committed to to being excited about virtual reality richard karn is <laughs> You know what? I'm not going to lie. There have been a few times. uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm a homeowner now. And Uh, wait, really? (laughs) Landon, have I told you about a disease called (laughs) COVID-19? There have been times where I've like I've had to put I didn't realize how physical homeowning would be. And -hmm. so there have been days when like after doing so much around the house, I put on like an episode of TV and then decide I want to go to bed and to get up off the couch I feel so in pain <laughs> that I, I'm often I, I'm surprised I've thought about this single shot from this season where it's just that awkward overhead shot of Richard Karn lying on the ground after he's been blocked by Grant Hill looking <laughs> like a turtle. <laughs> that's so, how I feel a lot of nights. Just it, just it just you've fallen and you can't get up. That's the <laughs> that's that's the homeownership experience. Uh, but still in awe of my surroundings. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, you don't, you don't need it's, a, it's real. It's real. Yeah. You don't need a virtual reality mask. You need a, uh, you need a virtual reality. You just need a house. Basically uh, having a house is the ultimate virtual reality. Exactly. Exactly. What? Um, but yeah, I, I, Dan- Dangerfield is, is the one, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although it, it, I don't know. I, I'm not like super up on that episode it no you know, no that was not such at all a bizarre episode actually and that was only episode nine that was maybe the first indicator <laughs> that that shit would get weird but we excused it because they had a a big celebrity who wanted to be on the show i guess yeah i guess i, I don't know like we we talked about it at the time there was a lot of like tim allen appeared in a few uh rodney dangerfield projects uh you know clearly they were road buddies uh from the comedy days so Which, it, like it makes it makes sense complete sense that Rodney Dangerfield would see Tim Allen as like you know the future of comedy or something like that like I think he I I, I don't know I'm not trying to take anything away from Rodney Dangerfield who I think was talented I just think also kind of given just the worldview of a kind of 
kind of rough and tumble comedy guy who's been on the scene for all those years. I think he'd look at Tim yeah. Allen's shtick and be like, oh, this is funny. This is good stuff. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's that's my Rodney Dangerfield impression, my famous Dangerfield. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I tell you, I, I don't get respect. Uh, at least it doesn't sound like Marty Crane. But yeah, this totally feels just like a favor and that they kind of wrote the episode around the fact that he would be there. Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but we got what we got. So, yes. OK, we we are we agree and we're in agreement on that. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to character actor. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, people who've made a one, maybe two time appearance on the show. Uh, that, OK, that's what I was. That was exactly what I was going to ask. What defines a character actor? So yeah. not someone who, who has been on a previous season. Uh, these are mostly one time in, one time out, uh, someone who affects the episode. So I didn't grab every person from mm-hmm. the season. I just grabbed the ones that made an impression and kind of were linchpins for the, um, the plot. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, so do you want me to run down the list or do you want to do this one? Uh, do I, uh, well, let me, uh. Uh, All right, I don't no. have the list in front of me, so okay. uh, I just have my sele- I, I'll, I'll like as an only child talking to an only child. You don't understand. I'm only really interested in what I'm thinking about and what I'm doing. So okay. I wrote down the one that I like the most. Uh, but you know, okay. let me just see. No, no, no. Well, that was no, an I only got child. It. I got I'm it. Going to, I need to be the center I'm of attention while I solve this problem. <laughs> okay. Here's the list. Uh, Tom Wapit, Wopat, mm-hmm. as yes. what fucking Ian guy? <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, Jill's paramour from, uh, her dream paramour from the gym. Yes, uh, slash the granite guy. Mm-hmm. What Dan fucking Aykroyd, granite guy? The Croyd. <laughs> the Croyd, playing Reverend Mike Weber, mm-hmm. as Who played needs, by Dan Aykroyd. Needs no introduction, as played by Dan Aykroyd, yes, lest we forget. <laughs> Eileen Heckart, uh, who plays Elaine Jenkins, JTT's senior friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, what episode was that in? That was in uh, Losing My Religion, episode eight. Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, also, the episode with Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Alex yeah. Rococo as Irv Schmeyman, the yeah. uh, annoying guy in the uh, the box with uh, Jill and the boys on Thanksgiving. And, and Rodney Dangerfield, just, just Rodney chilling, Dangerfield. chilling out there at the right hand of Dangerfield. Uh, side note, uh, during that episode, uh, I mentioned that he was in The Godfather. And mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> For uh, an episode that has been recorded but not released yet, um, I got a new TV mm-hmm. and wanted to test it out, so I watched The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And so just this weekend, I saw Alex Rococo as uh, uh, Mo Green, the uh, the Las Vegas mogul who gets shot in the eyeball. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, wait, and as I said in that episode, cool, coolest death in the movie, arguably one of the coolest deaths in movies, just his, his <laughs> eye, his, uh, eyeglasses shattering, like, just, bam, what a good shot, yeah. natural 20. Um, Though you forget that you see his hairy butt crack, uh. Right before that happens, listen, listen. He's getting a I'll, massage. I'll, I'll, I'll look at some hairy butt crack if I get a really good kill right afterwards. Like I'm willing okay. to eat my vegetables. Right. <laughs> um, uh, in a packed episode, we also have Tom Poston as Ted, mm-hmm. the brother of uh, Fred and Ned, mm-hmm. the the most he's played uh, before the most unhelpful service industry people in the world. Yes, yes. Uh, moving on to episode ten, the dating game. When Al is back on the dating scene. Uh, Liz Vazzy and Carrie Coleman are playing the uh, the couple 
or mm-hmm. they're not a couple. But well, they're, I mean, they're, they're a well, maybe, maybe couple they of gals that they're double after. dating. Yes, <laughs> a couple of commitment averse young ladies who are all about that Tim and Al life. Episode eleven, the Christmas episode, bright Christmas. Drop it, drop uh, it like it's hot. Tim, Tim's, uh, or no, Jill's mom brings home a, a new paramour, uh, Mister George Coe, the legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then we go to episode thirteen, an older woman where Maggie Lawson from Psych appears as Brad's older twenty-year-old uh, girlfriend. Yes, uh, slash fiance for a, a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, fiance to be. And then, lastly, I am skipping ahead all the way to God. What episode was this? Uh, I want to say it was, believe it or not, maybe episode twenty-two. Uh, uh, I don't think. What were there that many guest stars in that? Was oh wait, was yeah the roofing guy or something on that episode? No, it's Megan Cavanaugh playing Judy slash Trudy the Wet Rat oh, Queen. Oh, of course. How can I forget? Trudy the Rat Queen is um, is really cool. That's all I'm going to say right now because I might be talking about her again very soon. So what do we talk about now? Is it who our favorite is? Uh, well, usually we do a runner-up and then a favorite. So do mm. you have uh, – who, who didn't quite make your cut but you, you really appreciated? Uh, so who didn't make the cut for me, uh, honestly, is Irv Schmeyman. Uh Just because mm. – I, I respect someone who can who goes that hard on being being irritating. <laughs> like I, I don't think it's necessarily an enjoyable performance to watch, but I like how hard he's going for it. And it felt a little okay. bit to me almost like when Sir Larry shows up three episodes into the into the series, like this very yes. over the top, down on his luck magician who is hired to yeah. babysit the boys, which is like just not a thing. A thing that Home Improvement tried that just feels like something out of uh, a Full House or something, and just it never came back. Yes, I think uh, Schmeyman feels kind of like that—just a character from a yep. different show who just is here now. <laughs> Sir Sir Larry and Schmeyman are definitely in the same universe. Uh, yes, yes, and you know what? Maybe they're they're friends or mortal enemies or even lovers. Who can say? <laughs> um. Okay. I. I I'm. Sneaking a suspicion that we we're gonna be uh, in agreement again, but um, my runner-up uh, is Eileen Heckart, who is playing JTT's senior friend, um, mm. the one who is uh, dying of cancer. Um, yes, uh, at the senior living where where JTT is kind of questioning his religion and uh, doing going out there doing philanthropical full philanthropical philanthropical songs for philanthropical, philanthropical cats. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, he's out there doing community service and, uh, you know, more power to him. I really appreciate that in JTT. But uh, I thought she she was just kind of this brassy, you know, no no shit taken woman. I thought she brought a a nice counter energy to JTT. Uh, Memory serves the episode had some weird edits and I wish we got more of her. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I know that what we got, I really enjoyed. I want to just. Uh, first I want to say I think that's an excellent choice and I remember really enjoying her performance and I want to take a second and kind of take everyone aside into Truman's uh, Truman's being an idiot corner Landon just kept saying referring to this person as uh, Randy's senior friend and the first few times that he did it when he was (laughs) recapping I was like but is there an episode where like Randy becomes friends with a senior in high school like that is how how do you make an episode out of that like no wonder I've forgotten it it seems pretty boring like I thought he has a girlfriend like what's it and then and then only you know only when you said cancer did I realize oh the old lady the senior citizen yes anyway 
so that's that's fifty percent of the people in control of this podcast. So so if you know, so just just watch out. Just understand that that's that speaks to mm-hmm. the quality. Um, okay. So so okay, but I think that's a solid runner up. Who is your? Thanks. But who's your favorite, Landon? I'm gonna uh, turn around on you. Let's just like we do the clap to start these episodes off. Let's count down uh, from three and say it together because I think we got the same person. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Megan Cavanaugh. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, bits. <laughs> jokes. I am just kidding. Anyone jokes. who remembers I really... that episode or when we covered Soul Man will know no thank you to the Croyd for me. And, and I will tell I will tell you, I am actually I am I am upset that I can't be saying the Croyd right now. I'm very happy with my yeah. choice, but uh uh I really wanted Dan Aykroyd to be great and to be over the top. And it's just Reverend Mike Weber is portrayed by Dan Aykroyd, not a very interesting <laughs> character. Okay. So we're we're both choosing Megan Cavanaugh. I want to yes. ask you a question though, because I when yeah. I chose this, I had to really investigate myself, which was <laughs> how much of your choice here is and i'm not putting you on the spot or trying to because i remember when we recorded the episode you had nothing but praise for yes. her bit on the show yes um loved it. but i want to i just want to do our due diligence and ask if seeing her in for richer or poorer painted that at all i mean seeing her in for richer or poorer gave me an appreciation for her versatility as an actress she plays Mm. an amish matriarch in in that tim allen comedy and she is playing it very straight the entire time and very convincing and so then to con to contrast that with this wonderful kind of unhinged and layered performance as this you know, uh, electrician who owns a smart rat and, but is not actually, but is actually the <laughs> sister of the electrician. Lung. Yes. Uh, the coughing rat is my strongest memory of this entire season of home improvement, <laughs> a rat that looks right into the camera and coughs. Um, but, but yeah, but like, you know, this completely insane character, uh, both insane in that she is, seeming not you know unwell seems to be stalking al and lying about who she yep. is and also insane in just conception and and creation uh yeah i think that did color it but i think she is also i think one of the fun i think she is the funniest guests uh you know uh of the or character actor of the season yeah i i agree um though i do before we move on i do want to give due diligence to talking about tom wopat who appears in two episodes this season mm-hmm. uh, as, you know, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. You know, mm-hmm. he is Jill's fantasy man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't and, know. I, he he brought real life nightmare for a second. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now, I was considering picking him as my runner up, but I realized that I think more what I liked about his character is what it brought out in Jill than it yeah. was what he was really bringing to it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a manic pixie dream boy, you know? <laughs> and thank goodness we finally get one of those. Yes. A man a manic pixie granite layer. Um yeah, I, I would I would agree. Like I I thought about him and I enjoyed uh much like Jill thought about him. well no, I didn't think about him like Jill thought about him off of this. Uh I I think that he's I think that, that his character is interesting and I think his character is the catalyst for for one really great episode and another pretty good episode, but um just not, you know, it, ultimately I wish that he had more of a chance to kind of spread his wings and fly and do some stuff, same yeah. as I I do with uh, Dan Aykroyd who had well, no then, shortage uh, of chances. Well, and we're not going to get into Aykroyd 
you heard our Soul Man episode, so <laughs> yes. I'll spare you anything there. Um, but I do want to talk about one more person, which is Tom Poston playing Ted, the third twin uh, in the series of characters he's played on the show. Mm-hmm. Not the same character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, he's playing the straight man. To, yeah. It's almost a role reversal where Tim is fucking up his life. Yeah, that is an interesting turnaround on it. I, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity. Not only is that episode just kind of overly crammed with, you know, character actors and Rodney Dangerfield, but, like, I like that other character, and I would have loved to see him crop up when you least expect it. Yeah, like, like Tim being... You know, like, Tim is never safe. Like, this guy has so many identical twin brothers, and they always show right. up, right, when he needs just basic assistance, and they yeah. they don't give it to him in the most infuriating possible way. It is it is disappointing to... It's, I don't know, it would be like if they... I don't know, if they, if they cast Zac Efron in something and had him keep his shirt on the entire time, it's like, well, what would you really, like, <laughs> why are you, what are we, what are we even doing here? Yeah, like, well, what's, what's the point, what's the point of this casting choice? Um, I, I actually want to <laughs> toss out one other runner-up for me, uh, Liz, okay. Va- Liz Vassie, who plays one of mm-hmm. the, uh, one of the women who they meet at the singles bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's the one who is into Tim and, uh, you know, clutches him by the arm at one point when he's asking, yeah, he's trying to. She's coming onto him very hard, and he's trying to be unappealing, and he's pointing his tie and saying, oh, look at that, there's a mustard stain. And she grabs him and says, I don't care about the mustard, Tim, I'm looking at the buns. And um, <laughs> that that is a that that was a really 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 funny delivery. That was um, that's I think the kind of thing that a lot of uh, you know uh, character actors on a variety of sitcoms kind of dream of to put on their reel, like a really big just joke like a joke ass yeah. joke that's that that a big star reacts to that's that's cool i don't know and I like well a, a big laugh line right i mean that yeah. you're right that is that's absolutely a real uh you know a real moment where yeah you you get the the canned laughter oh, it's not mm-hmm. canned it's live laughter but you know well, yeah, like that, it's live laughter for me sitting alone in my room watching it it's like, <laughs> it's oh man buns into the can that we we have going across the country so that we yeah. can listen to each other. Landon, did you hear that? Did you get the two meanings, like both hot dog buns, but also Tim's butt? Uh, yeah, I, I remember being struck by both of those, uh, Liz and uh, Carrie Coleman. Both of mm-hmm. those actresses, I thought, did uh, a fantastic job in that episode. Yeah, yeah. So All right. So who we got next? The next on the list is recurring actor, I believe. Re- recurring actor, yes. Uh so, okay, I'll go down the list real quick. Uh, we got a few mix-ups this season. Uh, it, shake-ups, I should say. Uh, people that were recurring actors who've not appeared again and some new recurring actors. Uh, um, well, so, yeah. Well, actually, I can I can go down the list if you'd like, though, because I actually have it up now, and I can actually do my part as a co-host. Oh, if you have it. Yeah, oh, I have it. it. I'm looking at it right now. So on recurring okay. actor list, we have William O'Leary, who plays Marty, Tim's brother. Uh, uh, Blake Clark, who plays Harry, who is the owner of a hardware store and married to a woman he does not deserve. Uh, Jim Laboria, fucking Benny, donut aficionado who hangs out at Harry's hardware. Uh, Tom Sharp, who plays Jeff Taylor, Tim's broke-ass bro who tries to get a loan from his mom. Uh, There's Tammy Lauren, who plays uh, Patty, Jill's friend, who gets very, very excited about uh, Jill's sexy dreams. Not that long ago, rewatched uh, uh, during season seven. Rewatched Wishmaster, and she's fantastic in it. I love it. Yes, yes. Your issue, she, she was. Uh, your wish was granted when she showed up on screen. <laughs> I and and I 
you know, mine is too whenever she shows up on Home Improvement. I think Patty is always funny. Uh, Polly Holiday, who plays Lillian, Jill's mom. Oh, I think he skipped one. Oh, well, yes, there's Courtney Peldon, of course, who plays Lauren, uh, which is, that's uh, Randy's girlfriend, correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm really glad that I stabbed correctly there. I mean, it's one name. It's just Lauren on a list. Uh, <laughs> there's Charles Robinson. I, I, didn't, I didn't, I realized I didn't give you an identifier for her. When I sent you the list. Yeah, I just kind of crossed my fingers. And, but I, I feel like I feel like a little muscle memory carried me through. I could have got that go. one if we were recording this right after we did the season. Uh, yeah. There's Charles Robinson, who plays Bud, mm-hmm. Tim's boss at Binford. Uh, yep. Al, Al Fan, uh, recurring, uh, recurring plumber, Felix the Plumber. Uh, Since season one. Uh, yes, actually. He's, uh, he's almost as much a regular as the K&B boys. Uh, yeah, I think he... Yeah, outside of KMB, I think he's the only other person who's in every single season of the show. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I mean, I can't really debate that right now. I don't have the data. I mean, look at me. I can barely even remember who Lauren is. How would I be able to how would I be able to make a pronouncement like that? Uh so there's Kalen Romero, who played uh Ronnie, the monosyllabic mm-hmm. friend of Mark. Uh George Del Hoyo, who plays Doug, Patty's boyfriend, uh, who who just just really is a lot like Tim and Patty uh, does not like it. Uh, <laughs> Casey Sanders, Mickey Jones, and Gary McGurk is the K and B construction boys who, of course, need no introduction. Uh, China Katner as Willow, the cousin of Wilson, and Patrick niece. Cronin, niece. Uh, uh, and actually, niece. Uh, it was actually it was Wilson's monster. Uh, and <laughs> then finally, Patrick Cronin, who plays Sparky, and. Oh, yes, Sparky, the one who works at the, uh, what, the, the Tool Association thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, loves Bulls. his colors. Yeah, oh, he does love his colors. Loves yeah. his puns. Yes, Sparky, who shows up in, in some late season episodes that I've kind of tried to deep six from my memory a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, strong cast of uh, recurring uh, recurring actress. Who, who, are, who, are you, yeah. who are you backing, Landon? Who's your runner-up? My runner-up, um, I, I hate that she's fallen from grace uh i mean one spot from last season but uh tammy lauren as patty i mm. she's as strong as she was in season six uh i think she brings a fantastic energy to the show mm-hmm. uh she, she doesn't does. get much time but she truly makes a lot with it mm-hmm. uh you you get a sense for her entire world and her character and outlook on life uh yeah i thoroughly enjoy her yeah yeah um Landon, I have to say it. Uh, we agree. We're in agreement. Uh, she is also my runner-up for uh, favorite recurring actor. <laughs> this is the least con- conflict we've ever had in a season. I, I mean, well, I, I think, well, I think because we're both pretty much in agreement about where the. Well, actually, no. When we start talking about episodes, I think we will have some conflict. Yeah, that's but true. no. But I know wh- what yours what, is, and you know what mine is. So yes, I know. So it's really. I mean, I hope the people listening are on the edges of their seat at least. What I like about Tammy <laughs> Lauren, though, I, yeah. I mean, I I agree with everything you say. I think she has a very uh, you know well-rounded and interesting character, and she brings something cool to the show. What I wish that we had was a like a show that centered more around her her and Doug being friends with Tim and Jill yeah. like not necessarily but just the, them as regulars like instead of Tim yes. having buds who he hangs out with at the hardware store God, fucking Benny or, god yeah. get the fuck out of here Benny and Harry get out of here yeah and honestly as much as I love Marty like we don't need that much like it, it, we could just if they were just some couple friends who they had who every few episodes would pop in and it's and which is I guess what they they show up once in a while but I feel like they're such good foils 
for yeah. uh, Tim and Jill. So, well, I think uh, I, I, Patty shows up a few times this season. Doug, I think, only shows up in one episode, but he was in season six as her boyfriend for uh, yeah. The episode where, you know, Brad gets in the car wreck uh, with the light post or which is a guy a, in front of him, which is a great, great episode. Um, yeah. So, OK, so but who's in this one, one? He, he's there during that really awkward dinner between Tim and Jill. Uh, I don't think it's any surprise. Uh, it's a new addition to this season. Yeah, um, I think it's a character that just brought a whole new uh, kind of funny that mm-hmm. we hadn't seen before. Um, so I don't think it's any surprise that I am going to go with, uh, China Kantner as Willow. Oh, okay. I really thought you were going to go. I thought you're going <laughs> to, I, I am just rickling you're, you. You're, 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 again, you're, oh man. Well, you've got me. I mean, I wasn't, you've always been more on the Willow side. I thought you were going to blow my mind with something, uh, no. you know, something out there. That's how we, that's how we really K- juice the ratings. Kaylin Romero as Ronnie, I think is just, uh, yeah, a perfect addition. Yeah, doing making volumes out of one word. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with a single look, he can communicate everything that most character actors can't when they come on the show. So, yeah, um, love Ronnie, and you know I love the world building of Mark too. So yeah, and that he's not just there as Mark's, you know, uh, for for Mark's benefit. I mean, he is, but there's he is his own separate character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. That was a funny, funny one. Uh, no, but I also, I also would second what you say. And he was on my, he was on my short list um, because I do like what he brings. He, he, he brings something new and fun to the show. But unlike, uh, unlike Irv Schmeman or uh, or Sir Larry, he feels like he actually kind of comes from the same world of the show. He's not yes. this. He's not like some weird vaudeville character who's been chucked in here. He's like, yes, this is a believable <laughs> right. young boy from the suburbs who is into goth I stuff could and doesn't talk much. Easily see him and Mark walking down the same hallway that Brandy and Brad do at high school. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, you know, but the episodes like, you know, characters like Irv Schmeman or Sir Larry lead you to believe that in that same uh, in that same middle school hallway, <laughs> there's like some little rapscallion uh, uh, newsy or something going around and giving people <laughs> like a 23 that, skidoo. What was that kid's name uh, that, you know, at the Halloween party showed up as an Adam in season two? Oh, God, I I remember the kid. I remember his name. He's the real annoying kid who's always criticizing yeah. Jill. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have fit into the world the longer, you know, the more the boys grew up. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Unless unless every season there were three very special episodes about which one of the boys beat him up this time and why it was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number one, though, for recurring actor, maybe a Dark Horse choice, who can say? I picked George Del Hoyo, who plays Doug. I know he's oh, only... really? He's only in the one episode, and I guess this is maybe more of a legacy award. I guess that... I, you know uh-huh. that that shows how much bullshit uh, my awards process is for someone who who complains so much <laughs> about the uh, the Oscars. Um, I think that his character is really funny. I think he does a lot with a little. I and mm-hmm. I think, uh, but honestly, maybe this is a poor choice because I really also like what he brings out in uh, in Tammy Lauren as Patty. Yeah, because she she is so frustrated by the fact that he and Tim <laughs> seem to get along so well, whereas he is like such yeah. a kind of like proto Tim, like maybe a little, you know, kind of smarter and more competent and better, better domesticated, but still clearly has those urges. And so, okay. It's actually, like you know, when, when, when they're not around Tim and Jill, she can kind of delude herself into thinking 
that he's someone else or that she can shape him into a different kind of guy. But she's always dismayed the second that he's around Tim and realizes, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yes. He's just he's just Tim. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The the kind of fear and shock in her eyes when he and Tim are getting along. (laughs) In fact, this prompts me to to uh, to take that, flip it and reverse it. So I'm actually going to say that George Del Hoyo is my runner up and uh, Tammy Lauren is my favorite recurring actor because it really is her performance. But I like them so much as a couple. Anchored, I guess, by her, but I think he plays very well off of her. Probably it was my own latent yeah. sexism that led to me choosing the man over her. Uh, but <laughs> I think that they play off each other so well, and that is why I would like to see them then playing off of Tim and Jill, because they're so funny <laughs> in scenes with them. So, um, yeah, that's... I, that's... Where, where's the spinoff where we get the world where Richard Karn, uh, you know, as Al Borland, is, you know, managing the, the apartment building where... Uh, Patty and and George live. Oh my God, that would be uh, that would be a really great show. So long as a certain local Episcopalian uh, pastor doesn't uh, swing by <laughs> with more blues tickets and sunglasses. Oh dear God, don't 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 just, bring me back there. Just just riding around on his motorcycle, thinking about the Lord, being a single father to four children. <laughs> That's one low point of the season. Yeah, Not that a low is... improvement, but just of grunt work having to do Soul Man. And I say having to do, I realize I brought that on uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But... We, we, let's let's always remember we have we have locked ourselves in this prison. We hold all the keys. <laughs> um remember that for the next bonus episode. <laughs> Landon, from this from this season though, what were some of your favorite moments? What were some of the moments that just that were your favorite? You know, let me how many times can I restate the same question? You just <laughs> Just give you time to think. I I am I'm thinking. I am thinking. Buffering. I'm thinking buffering. hard about it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's honestly one is overshadowing them all, which is why I'm having a hard time finding the others because I think the others are a little more nuanced. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a a moment or two in the very beginning episode of Quest for Fire uh, mm-hmm. that I think has some really good performance moments from from Tim uh, as he's kind of going through his crisis uh, without mm-hmm. realizing it. Um, yeah. You know, I remember a specific moment when they're on the beach and <laughs> Jill's building the sandcastle and doesn't want Tim to touch it. But they're having a, a little heart-to-heart there. And I don't I remember that being pretty affecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another one is, um, I don't know why it's sticking out in my head, but the... Uh, moment when Tim and Al are in the bathroom in the singles bar <laughs> on the double date. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the guy walks in on them as as Al says or Tim says the wrong thing. Yeah. Right. Well and and it's even less that than it is just kind of the I don't know, the whole the whole vibe of that scene. Um Al, you know, the fourth wall, they're looking into a mirror. The mirror is the fourth wall, which is mm-hmm. us. And yeah. so we're watching Al kind of like fix himself up and you know in that turtleneck blazer combo and uh tim giving him a little bit of a a pep talk but also like i can't keep lying to this woman um (laughs) i don't i I hate it when her hands are on me (laughs) there are a few randy moments you know there are a few randy uh, moments in this season yes there are Uh, okay Uh, mainly when jill's here's one yeah uh, the whole nightclub sequence when they're trying to find Willow. <sighs> yeah, yeah. 
The, well, well, wait, when, when the, okay, I was thinking of a different nightclub. Hang on. So you're talking about the Daddy-O swing dancing nightclub where, yes, uh, swing dancing night where, isn't that where Jill like just has to like some guy starts swing dancing with her and then she has to like just hand him another, another dance partner to get him to go away. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if they start dancing so much as he asks her and she's like, no fucking thank you. Well, you know, one of my, one of my favorite moments is also a nightclub moment, uh, from the episode where they go to the singles bar, uh, and it's that big tracking shot that goes all the way through this. Like it starts with this montage of cuts of all these different, you know, drinks being made and like people dancing and everything. And then it, and then it, uh, Scorsese stepped in to direct a a scene for a moment. I, I, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, then and now we'll compare it to Boogie Nights because they go through the whole the whole nightclub and then just up to land yep. on Tim and Al's faces peeking up like around the edge of the, the thing into the bar and looking so scared Which and intimidated by It's 100% a shot stolen from Goodfellas. Uh, you know, it's, um, I, I, well, I don't know. I wish I had, I wish we had followed Tim and Al walking in through the kitchen of the singles bar and going <laughs> all around. Um, I, oh, I, I got, also, I got one more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, you, well, no, I'll let you do it. If you don't bring it up, I will. Oh, okay. Well, let me, I mean, so there's a time when uh, Al is Tim's tenant and Tim has signed Al to a very complicated lease with a whole lot of provisions (laughs) and Al is aggressively then holding Tim to those provisions and has got him, you know, by the nuts. So cockily. And yeah, so there's, so making Tim do all this work to fix up the slummy house that he's trying to rent to Al at exorbitant rates. And so he's, at one point he's standing over Tim as he's fixing a doorknob and he says, are you going to, just eating an apple? And Tim goes, are you going to be eating that apple the whole time you watch me? And Al goes, no, at the rate you're going, I'll be able to finish two pairs on a plum. Um, I, I, that is, I think that is an all time, all time moment, all time. Great, great moment from this, from this season. (laughs) I also would be bereft if I didn't mention uh, the dream Jill has in season seven. Mm, yes. The, the shocking moment when Jill makes out with another man on screen. Yes. Yes. That was one of those Randy moments I was talking about. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice. That's a, that's a sound. That's almost as good as. Ooh, uh, I, I, was, I was taking a sip of water. Mm, uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Got you got kind of thirsty thinking about uh, thinking about that kiss. <laughs> it's a little hot, yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, okay, so so speaking of a moment where someone gets a little too excited, uh, when Jill is having her first session as a family therapist, and she sits down with the couple and uh, starts just gushing to them in all these psychological terms about, oh, so we're having a problem with this? Do you think that this thing is, is happening? Or do you take more of a Jungian view of it where you think that, that this is the thing? And, and <laughs> you know, if I if I remembered any of the lines, it would be better. But she meta-messages super hard to quote Wilson from so long ago, talking right. in all these terms that are way over their head, and then asks them, so, you know, so what do you need? And they say, we need a new therapist. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that was funny because then also the stinger is that the next client she sees is Ronnie and his family. <laughs> right. And yeah. a great use of that character too. Cause he doesn't even say anything when they, when, yeah, when they bring yeah. him in. Let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. Any, any moments um, between Brad and uh, uh, Maggie Lawson, his 20 uh, year old girlfriend uh, pro- crop up for you? I'm, I, should they be? I'm not get. I'm not thinking I of I, any. The, I don't know. I'm just like, Again, I don't I don't think it's a, a moment so much as like everything leading up to the moment. Uh but there's something about that kind of graduate 
tone that they have in the car after he realizes that marriage means kids means his life is over. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where he's just kind of second guessing it in the moment. I mean, I don't, you know, I remember enjoying those scenes. I guess they didn't stick out as much in my memory when I was compiling the list. I would say I have nothing but praise for Zachary Ty Bryan, and I think that that he is, um, well, I think he's pretty great. Uh, and it's it's tough sometimes. I have to hold my tongue knowing the, the segments that are coming down the line. Um, well, here's, well, look, here, here, though, on a on a more somber note, also, the... Yeah somber isn't the right one on a on a more serious note or a for a more serious scene i'm not lamenting a single thing uh this is actually this is a scene that i liked a lot and it's a it's a scene about tim Uh, it's in jill's passion when she has told him about the dream and they then spend all night talking about their relationship and communicating and having you know this really scene yeah, yeah it's this really open discussion where tim is not joking away jill's concerns he's not being hostile or uninterested in spending all this time talking about his feelings and Mm -hmm. you know at one point he suggests that they give their relationship quote a tune-up and you know take you out to dinner and we'll do this and that and have the kids go stay with with you know my you know my brother or something and it's just that was a moment that i thought was really heartfelt and that made me that is one of the moments that sells, okay, watching this, I understand why these two were married. We don't get nearly enough moments yeah. like this. We should ideally be having a moment with kind of this level of, wow, he really cares about her in every episode. But, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you, you go to war with the sitcom you have, I guess. Uh, well, if not every episode, just don't undo the goodwill you've earned with it in other episodes. Uh, yeah, like this, yeah, anyway. Uh, so I like that, um, I, I, I don't know, that was a favorite moment for me. That was a, a kind of a time when I was like, I wish I could just take a picture of this version of Tim Taylor and <laughs> have that be the Tim Taylor who is the real Tim Taylor. At the risk of going into negative territory, and we don't have to spend much time here, is there, uh, is there a low moment for the season for you that really sticks out? Um... It would either be Wilson basically affirming to, to, like, when Tim comes to Wilson saying, oh, I think that uh, Heidi and Al are sleeping together, it's so gross, and Wilson, instead of saying, well, well, it shouldn't, why is that gross to you? That's, like, that's a strange reaction to have. Wilson instead talks to him about how, yes, some things are just inconceivable and horrifying. Um, <laughs> because that, that was There's just, There's a like, lot of low points with Wilson this season. Uh, the yeah. clown stuff I hated. Mm, I, I kind of enjoyed. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> but you, I guess you, but you the at the time you hated it because it it completely undid the face gag. Oh right, yeah. I forgot that it undid the face gag. You're right. Now I I I hate it. I but I I hate it on a technicality. Uh, if they had <laughs> if they had stuck with the face gag. Uh, I would have liked it on its merits for comedy's sake, but the fact that they okay. broke the central rule of Wilson—it's like, well, I can't, I can't judge this. I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry, you're disqualified. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the other, though, I mean, I think the other lowest moment really is just the the last episode where you yeah. know Tim is Tim is upset at Jill for talking about shit that Tim has outlandish things Tim has done on TV and his feelings get hurt and you know that yeah you know we talked about it then and we don't need to get too, yep. too negative but there there were definitely yeah. some lows that that episode for me yeah uh we talked about it at the time comes down to the writing and uh I think just from T to B that episode is no good also because that, that episode is called from top from to bottom. top to bottom but I that uh, 
So, <laughs> some gags never die. The best, Truman. most enjoyable things to listen to directly into your ears. <laughs> Landon. Truman. Oh, wait. What was your favorite moment? We have? Oh, no, no, no. Finish your question. What was your favorite moment of the season? Coughing rat. It's, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, there's a lot, two of, words. Great, a lot of great stuff. <laughs> Uh, uh, when uh, Judy slash Trudy is showing off a rat and explaining how it, uh, you know, tra- goes goes through walls to uh, to do wiring and to remove asbestos, and it's just a tight close up on the mouse looking at the camera, and then some really disturbing CGI of just the the rat's mouth opening. Just, <coughs> I, it's it is it it is dark it is weird it is odd it is awkward and i love it and i think about it a lot <laughs> coughing rat i'm gonna coughing open a bar rat. called the coughing rat and it'll be a home improvement themed <laughs> bar uh landon what's your wow. favorite moment in the season i mean i i've gone an hour and a half without talking uh, even about the episode mm-hmm. so and i i'm shocked i've gone this far i want everyone to just Stop what you're doing and give me a round of applause. Um, Look at him. He's done it. He's done it. Thank you. I, I have. A Night to Dismember. Folks. The horror movie that Mark creates. Yes. Uh, start to finish. Just. Ten, I'm standing alone in the theater giving uh, 10 chef kisses for my feet. Mm, mm-hmm, I mean, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not chef kissing my feet. I'm on my feet giving I, 10 I, chef I, kisses I, to my I, hands. That would be impressive if you could chef kiss your feet. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even be mad or worried about the sanitary aspects of it. Just that flexibility. Uh, the the um, I don't know. Something I did not expect to see on this show. Something that obviously plays to so many of my personal <laughs> loves and passions in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives Al and Wilson, Wilson specifically, uh, just room to play and have fun. I still think about the moment, and I cannot fathom how many takes it took for Wilson and Al to do the the shot where he comes into frame and they basically are touching noses. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. It makes me laugh so much, even just thinking about it. <laughs> um, that is pretty good. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, it was, like you said, absurd and unexpected, but I don't know. Yours is subversively dark. <laughs> Mine isn't really subversive, just kind of <laughs> funny dark. Um, yeah. And vi- visually dark, because it is, you know, shot like a noir film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know everything about it. I, there's there's no big surprise there. I just, I love every second of it. And if in the future I, well, okay, I'll, I'll earmark that. But no oh. big surprise for the next <laughs> for the next section we're going to. Ah, uh, yes, the most predictable podcast in the world. Um, well, okay, then do we, do we want to hit our MVP before we go to... to episode or no i think we should go to episode and then we we always end with our mvp debate I, yeah um, i've not done this before i guess that's why i can't remember <laughs> so <laughs> so i think um i i don't think my choice for favorite episode is going to be any surprise so i think there's going to be um more fruitful discussion in talking about uh some of our runners up and um i think there's a lot of good stuff this season mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i would agree um I really enjoyed uh I really enjoyed losing my religion. You know, in spite mm-hmm. of 
in spite of uh, the Croyd, who I think does not contribute positively to the episode, I no. think that the the storyline of Randy in there, uh, uh, you know, Randy and his relationship with the senior, I, I like the the weightiness of of the subject that they deal with here, and I like that the show yeah. gives it a really mature answer that the parents are kind of concerned yeah. about it but ultimately it's like well find your own path and like that's i thought that was you know that was a really yeah it felt very real we we talked about that at the time but i i've reflected on it a little bit since then that i landing on that point does feel like i i don't even know that we would see that today because it feels like shows have been so segmented for their specific audiences now mm-hmm. that they know that they're making it for the, you know, Christian Middle West. Yeah. So they'll they would never allow, you know, that sort of answer to to come to fruition, uh, because it wouldn't play to their audience. Having it this show be one of the biggest shows and playing to, you know, not only a national audience, but to a global audience, mm-hmm. um, I think allows them to to explore those pathways and, and have it both ways. So Yeah. In a way, I feel like this is a little more mature than what we would get now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I would agree. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really purport to have all the answers or even to give an answer to this, you know, this mm-hmm. set of circumstances. It's more just like, hey, here, you know, here's where Randy's at in his life. Here's where his... And, and also, the episode, I think, works because it is a natural extension of what they've been doing with Randy this season, having him be questioning... Yep you know, the rules and authority and, and religion. Like this is just one step in that, in that development, which I think was, I think they did more with that arc than they did with the Tim midlife crisis arc, which again, I really wish was not the case. (laughs) Yeah. I, I also, while I'm at it, I, you know, we just talked about it, but I really do like Jill's passion. I think it's a very good episode. Mm -hmm. I like that it is an episode that doesn't resolve itself with, big stunts or over the top, you know, over the top set pieces involving power tools yeah. or 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 you know, outlandish behavior, but just them them really being honest with one another in a way that uh, you don't see a lot yeah. on TV, I think. I feel like if that episode was made even in season 5, it still would have ended with like a uh what we used to call the Tim Taylor band-aid solution mm-hmm. <laughs> where yes. it would just end with some sort of uh contrived way of them having sex in a secret fuck spot. Yeah. I mean this episode ends with them having sex in the least secret fuck spot of them all, their bed, <laughs> their their marriage right. bed in their bedroom at night <laughs> or early morning. Um yeah, but I mean at this point at that point it's earned, not just oh Tim right. like Tim wrote a little poem and it's kind of funny and Jill sits on his lap which was a thing that got him out of plenty of jams earlier in the series. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, so I, I completely agree with you. Uh, that episode surprised me quite a bit, and, you know, I think kind of erroneously made me think it, we were in for something a little bit different this season. Yes, yeah. It's weird that that's in the same season as uh, as from top to bottom, where... Oh. You know, which to me completely undoes what that episode did. I, you you kind of just have to look at each episode in its own self-contained yeah. bubble. Sometimes you have to just like when when this is all said and done, I'm gonna look back at the dozen or so home improvement episodes I've really loved, and I'm my, I think I'm just <laughs> gonna say that those are home improvement for me because really, yeah. w- what do we remember out of 
you know, media or just experiences in life that we like other than a collection of fond moments. Like, you know what, that's... The, these 12 episodes are my home improvement. This, these are the ones I'm going to rewatch. <laughs> You're going to make your own season playlist. Honestly, pr- probably would. You know what, I'm going to become a video pirate, much like a character <laughs> in a movie directed by Tim oh, Allen boy. that you guys are going to hear about oh, eventually. So, uh, any other favorites? God. Well, I want to, I mean, okay, because I'm not going to spend too long on my favorite because it makes, you know, there's not a lot to say about it outside of just I love it. But I want to talk just uh, or touch on a few that we haven't uh, mentioned in this episode yet, Mm -hmm. uh, for better or worse. I'm not really even calling them out as runners up. But we haven't talked at all about Tim teaching college and trying to keep up with the younger kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was more of a, a concept I liked than I did the execution. I, I, I would agree. Great concept, but the fact that the episode then takes the stance of like, listen, t- Tim can totally stay out all night and eat pizza all the time with the guy. Like, that's totally fine. It's just these kids are a little bit rude for his taste. That's why he doesn't <laughs> keep hanging with them. Like the fact right. that as a middle-aged man, he can live like a kid again and has no issue or no consequence. <laughs> Uh, while we're at it, one that I... I keep saying while we're at it. We're making a podcast. Of course we're at it. <laughs> we're we're about constantly at it. Yes. We, we've, we're never not at it. Um, the episode What a Drag, the one where they catch, uh, oh, yeah. they catch another, Brad with weed. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, maybe not my favorite episode necessarily, but I remember being very impressed with how well the show did for a very special episode. How You, you know, that when... When the whole episode is just like, don't do drugs, kids, and yet it was still funny and there was still heart to it. Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to take you to task on that one. A, uh, 90% of that episode is them spying, uh, which mm. was awful. Yeah. But two, I think it, it does, though. It wasn't just about don't do drugs. It was learn about what the effects of drugs do and be responsible about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I, would, that was kind of a shocking uh, uh, revelation, just like jill's passion or even uh the losing my religion yeah yeah that's Where it's true. like it didn't it didn't come down on a like a hard just say no enter the dare program <laughs> message yeah i guess once again like i was just saying i just remembered my favorite bits from that episode i didn't remember all the bits that weren't good i just re- oh yeah that i just remember being impressed that they didn't just say you know scruff mcgruff don't do drugs Scruff um, McGruff. <laughs> that's that famous, you know, that famous anti-drug slogan popularized by Nancy Reagan. Uh, Scruff McGruff, kids, don't do drugs. I there was only one more episode that I wanted to. Uh, well, two more episodes I wanted to bring up, uh, and we don't have to go into them deeply. But we didn't talk about the Christmas episode, which I just mm. I I want to mention only because the Christmas episodes on the show are usually as big as the Halloween episodes. And I'm just shocked at how little I remember of this one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Agreed. That's why I don't have much to say about it, (laughs) but also uh, say goodnight, Gracie, where uh, Marty leaves his uh, uh, twins over and, uh, or one of the two twins (laughs) for Mm -hmm. Tim to babysit. And uh, he decides he wants a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. That's an episode that, uh, happened that I am that I was not fond of then and I'm not fond of now <laughs> all right well I just wanted to I don't know now that we're we're doing full reflections just wanted to bring that I, back into the mix let's remember that yeah, that gigantic sperm that that like you know oh my god that was that a, episode a transition yeah oh, yeah what other episode would a gigantic sperm be relevant that, to, for a transition I, 
I blocked the sperm I, out of my head. A claymation sperm that wants a girl, like whatever his name is. Bob, Bob wants a girl. You know, that's going to, maybe I made that joke in the episode, but I'll make it again because it seems funny in my head before I say it. Uh, I think if your sperm are smoking, that's probably going to be bad for their motility. Like that, your, your kids, <laughs> I mean, it's bad and it's, it's not going to be great if you're a smoker and you're smoking while you're conceiving and having children. It's even worse if your actual semen is smoking. <laughs> <laughs> dear god all right Truman, although, what's your favorite moment of this season although episode it, it, of this season? it gives new relevance to the phrase do you smoke after sex my favorite episode from the season is rebel without night driving privileges no my because... sex smokes after me <laughs> <laughs> okay very good very good bows all around um what, what's your favorite episode Rebel without night driving privileges, uh, where Randy uh, gets his night driving privileges taken away because he gets in a Mm. minor fender bender. And it's just, um, you know, I had endless praise for the episode then. I have endless praise for it now. I think that it is a great performance from all of the boys, but especially from from Jonathan Taylor Thomas and from uh, from Zachary Ty Bryan. I think they have some great Mm -hmm. scenes together. And I think it's a. I think it's kind of one of the most, it feels the most real out of, I think, any of the episodes, maybe of the entire show, just very, very grounded. There's not something insane or wacky or zany or alien going on. It's just a dispute about household rules and what's, you know, what's, uh, how punishment should be delivered. And it's, uh, you know, it's not something with a clear cut black and white answer and no one's really the bad guy in it, but there's still really interesting conflict and it's funny throughout. I think it's a great episode. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of the show and it comes like right at the end. It, it comes before, um, it comes after, believe it or not, the, the aliens X files episode, which is not great. And it comes then, (laughs) and then is sandwiched between that and tool thousand one, a space odyssey, the Tim going to, uh, Tim going to space, maybe episode. So it's in a bad neighborhood, but it's a great episode. It, it is, and I, that might have painted my my perception of the episode. I do, upon sitting with it for a while, still think uh, I'm a little annoyed with how much we have to always curtail to Tim and you know Tim's rules and the way he wants things and what's important to him versus what's important to the people around him, but. Um, I, I, I generally agree with you that it, it's a really strong episode and I, I cannot, uh, argue the, the performances in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Thank you. And, or the, nor the performance of the coughing rat who also was featured in that episode. <laughs> uh, so Landon, what's, what's your favorite episode? I super don't know. <laughs> uh, well, you might have the worst, you've picked a, a great episode with probably the worst title of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Whereas even worse I than mine, think, I think I have uh, the best episode of the season with the best title of the series, mm-hmm. which is a night to dismember. Really good. Really good title. It's a perfect episode. I yep. don't know what else to say. I watched I mean, it twice in the same day. <laughs> have you gone back and watched it since? No, but if I were to put an episode of Home Improvement on just for old time's sake, it'll be that episode mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. question. I mean, I feel the same way about Rebel Without Night di- Driving Privileges. It's just the the lucky thing is you're lucky in that yours is easier to talk about ad nauseum because it's fun and, and enjoyable to say. <laughs> Mine, you, you get tripped up on. 
Uh, fair. Yeah, I, I guess. But it, I don't know. I'm. The, I don't even want to talk about it so much. I just. I find it so precious. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just Mark. It, it's an episode where Mark finally comes out of his cocoon and yes. surprise, he's a death metal moth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's um, it, it is, it is kind of the culmination of all these seasons of us saying, what is Mark yeah. doing? What, why doesn't Mark have a care? Is he into karate or flying planes? Please tell me what, what is Mark? But they, they set it up. So it's the fifth episode of the season and they set it up so well in that, in the premiere, the quest for fire, when they all go to the camp, um, I don't know if you remember Randy, Randy's girlfriend, Lauren is there and her mm-hmm. sister's there. And Mark is like the Mark. We remember the LL Bean catalog kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's kind of getting along with Lauren's sister and you think, Oh, okay. It's just Mark grown up. But then you get clash of the Taylors, where Tim is really tackling the change of Randy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, I don't know how I could just, you know, deal with this. And then all of a sudden the episode, the button of that episode is, uh, Randy or uh, Mark walking by in goth costume. And yeah. you think it's just going to be a one-time joke, but then they play that up in room at the top, the next episode and pump you up. Mm-hmm. So like they lay the groundwork so well that by the time a night to dismember comes along, there is this question in the back of Jill and Tim's mind of like, what's going on with Mark? Is he really going to kill us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very it is now that you now that you kind of lay it all out and connect all the dots, it is ve- it is a very kind of elegantly prepared moment. And it is a cool bit of continuity in, in an episodic uh, self-contained show like this one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. Perfect episode. Uh. That's all I have to say about it. chef's kisses, hands and feet. Um, <laughs> hands and feet. Five on each. No, <laughs> two and a half on each. Okay. okay, wow, this is getting complicated for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> Not, you know, never never mind the joint work that you have to do. It's just the math at that point. <laughs> all right, Truman, that brings us to our, not our final segment, but our, our final moment. Uh, in, our next to, next to final moment. In our, our penultimate moment, the MVP debates, where mm-hmm. you and I fight to the death in a Thunderdome called Home Improvement Land, where uh, we have to decide... We have to we have to decide who is the most valuable player this season, and we do it elimination style, where one of us throws down uh, a an actor from the show into the gauntlet, and mm-hmm. they are chopped or they're not. So I'm going to give you the uh, pleasure of going first. Who are you putting down first? Uh, I'm going to toss down Tim Allen. I don't even care. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would have disagreed with you if they had really stuck with the uh the midlife crisis and change for good um yeah. throughout the season the fact that they let that go and then we got some really egregious tim stuff by the end i agree uh yeah it's just it ends up being same old tim stuff uh yeah. and i i feel like we say this every season but that's not to immediately disqualify him from next season or to no. say that he won't ever be mvp uh, we we really want we really want to believe that a better tim is out there and we're looking for him the the man who we saw yes. glimpses of in jill's passion and other moments yeah. this this season too just like yeah. show us him all the time yeah exactly so yeah. uh unfortunately i agree with you tim allen has got me. fighting to the death this is what it looks like folks uh what do you got who 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 are you throwing um, down I'll throw an easy one down too. Uh, I, I'm gonna put Earl Hinman this this season not as greatest, uh, 
I think they they really wore out the face gag. Uh, just they, I don't know. They felt very lazy with him this season. Honestly, they're disqualified from consideration because they broke the face gag. It's it's a full <laughs> season ban on on MVP status if you break the face gag. Not that that's his fault, but uh, no, not well. Yeah. I no, I mean it's not Again, obviously it's not fair. There, I'm sure there's probably some Russian athletes who weren't doping. I mean, is it fair to them? We'll take that up with the people who were doping. It's more of an incentive for everyone to be good if there's collective punishment. Uh, okay, so another one who I'm going to toss down is uh, 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 I'm I'm trying to decide how real I want to get with this one. Uh, Debbie oh, wow. Dunning. Yeah. Okay, I agree with you. Okay. Uh, I mean, I do you want to make your right. argument? <laughs> <laughs> she's great but she's just barely there this season the one episode she's in yep. is and features in is you know not a great episode kind of a sleazy episode it's they they I, i've said it every single time every time it's a, a heidi episode they give it to tim i don't know mm-hmm. why like that yes. should have been an interesting episode between heidi and al yes but nope we have to focus on Tim snooping and giving a shit for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I'm more frustrated that I have to agree to eliminate her than I am, you know, joyful about it. But I, I mean, like I was just saying, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, uh, Earl Hinman's fault that uh, that uh, right. they broke the face gag. Um, okay, so who you got? Oh, God. Uh, now we, we're getting into tricky territory. Yes, we are, aren't we? Oh, boy. Um Man, I am. I'm going to I'm going to put down Richard Karn. Yeah, yeah. I I look. I uh, I don't really have a reason. I mean, we're we're already at the point where like these are our most valuable players. You know, like the, these are our five nominees. Yes. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a it's a privilege to be nominated. Richard Karn, I'm putting down. I think they they gave him some interesting character twists this season, uh, mm-hmm. making him single and getting back out there again, making uh, putting him in a situation where he turns the tables on Tim and is forcing Tim yep. to do work for him. That's always fun. It was a great I season think, for him. It was, but I think we've had better seasons in the past, and I think we have higher moments with him in the future. So I'm excited. Um, I you know uh, past MVP winner Richard Karn. Unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna eliminate you. Yeah. Um, well, oh, I, the, I, well, I guess I shouldn't have spoken for you. Do you? Yeah. Agree? No. No. Yeah. No. I agree. It pains me to agree, but I agree. Um, it pains me to do this, but but uh, Patricia Richardson. Man. Um. Okay. What's your argument? Um. My argument basically is that uh i think that she much like uh richard karn is great this season but i and i mean i like her a lot i mean obviously jill's passion is one of my favorite episodes from the season and everything and she undergoes some interesting growth but i guess at the end of the day i just was i was more taken in by another cast member's performance than i was by hers this time around Mm -hmm. i think i uh but maybe it's also because i'm grading this other cast member on more of a curve (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe um i think that i i think i'm gonna agree with you and again i i think it's the same reason that um man i i think it's the same reason for uh eliminating tim where mm-hmm. if they had stuck with some of the themes all the way to the end it would have been good but in those last few episodes they really just undo the work they did on those characters. And that's not to speak to her performance at all. I think she does whatever she can with that fucking final episode. Yes. But yes, it's just, it's the writing. And, uh, I, I hate to say it, but 
I agree with you. Patricia Richardson is out Cut. of the run. Sorry. Yes. So sorry. That's all right. She sorry. won last year. So yeah. And she'll do? always be first in our hearts, which I'm sure I've said before <laughs> when we've cut her in previous super spectaculars. So the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. I don't think this has ever happened. Uh, yeah, they're, they're orphans now, like like little little Marty Funkhauser on, uh, on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm an orphan, Larry. My parents are dead. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, did you put down Patricia Richardson? I put down Patricia Richardson. Yeah, it's up to you. Oh, God. All right. I'm just, I would I'm never put to, her to down, kick but up some, I had to. I'm just trying to kick up some dust so I don't have to actually put one of the kids down. Um mm-hmm. Oh my god, everything in my being doesn't want to... I, I, okay, I'm going to put down Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Why? I don't know. I, I, it's it's so hard. The three boys, I think, just of all of the cast members on the show, they all hit their stride and all just like go through incredible character transformation on this season. Agreed. So I don't feel good about it. Uh, I, in fact, I... I really like where randy uh uh goes but i i think we had hints of it beforehand so i don't think his transformation is quite as severe as the others agreed um uh, yeah uh so i you, you're agreeing we're, we're eliminating him i mean look yes i know that people He's may remember friend. that i mean he is my best friend but best friends i think understand that sometimes there's other factors to consider and you can't just like in something as important <laughs> as this, I can't just pick my best friend. Yeah. If everyone just picked their best friends when they were doing their MVPs on their home improvement podcasts, nothing would ever get done. People would just be choosing, <laughs> you know, whoever their yeah. best friend, not JTT cause he's my best friend and no one else's. Um, but no, I, um, I, I agree with you. I, I think that what he does in this season is a cool evolution of his character, but it's not yeah. as just like big of a, of a change. I'm going to I'm going to reword what you said. I don't think it's a cool evolution. I think it's a cool culmination. Mm, that was a, that I, I was think... a cool culmination of what I was trying to say. <laughs> like I I think the other two evolve more this season. Mm-hmm. Whereas Randy, this seems like the logical conclusion of where he was heading the entire time. The 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 Joker and the trickster is then going to get older and become concerned about the issues and yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't um, even think that's. I wasn't even necessarily trying to make a joke. I just think that's. Uh, I'm. You know, I. I'm a joker and a trickster who's also concerned about the issues. I'm not a joker or a trickster, actually. Thank God. Uh, I don't want you starting to dance down uh, some some sketchy New York steps. Uh, listen, I will only. I will only dance down completely well lit, uh, very clean <laughs> steps. Okay. Good. Well, you got to right. put one down. Okay, uh, or should or or instead of putting one down, do we just debate the last two? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, let's just debate the last two. Yeah, let's not put one down. Yeah. What's what's let's do this. What's the argument for each of them? Okay. Rather the than arg- talking one down, let's talk the benefits of both. The the argument for Taryn Noah Smith is that this has been his first real season in the spotlight. This has been yep. a season where he is, even if he's not the center of the episode and often he is not his very presence on screen is attention getting and noteworthy and him simply walking into a room becomes something that stops conversation and draws attention which in the past we would lose him for 
you know, episodes and episodes at a time, and he would barely yeah. be around. I think you uh, came up with the term for him somewhere halfway through the season that he is a joke assassin. Yeah, <laughs> he comes in with one line and yes. kills. <laughs> yes, he absolutely does. Um, yeah, which is which is so refreshing after previous seasons where it's just sometimes like sometimes the point of the episode is. Like, sometimes they will bring Mark in after a lengthy absence just to have him, like, get his heart broken by Tim and then disappear right. so Tim can go off on an adventure to learn that he should be nice to his kids. Like, um, right, right. It's good to see him in the driver's seat. Absolutely. And for Zachary Ty, Brian, I think, um, you know, to see him starting to look forward beyond high school, beyond even the, the show, uh, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, yeah is kind of interesting. Um, I loved you pegging the, the term. I, I wouldn't have thought of it uh, if it weren't for you, but the naivety, but also the maturity, the mature mm-hmm. naivety. The yeah, naive yeah. maturity. Yes. <laughs> of, of, the agony of and the ecstasy. Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Brad this season. Uh, that he's, he's actively trying to become his own man, mm-hmm. uh, but can't escape his own youth. And yes. and the kind of shadow of of Tim to a degree, yeah. yeah, and and trying to determine how much like his dad, who he clearly idolizes, does he want to be? How much his own man mm-hmm. does he want to be? And also, he seems to finally have kind of found his place among his brothers, where you know he felt before he felt overshadowed by Randy, who is clearly so smart, and you know he's struggled academically, but now he's in this place where he and he doesn't seem to feel threatened by Randy anymore to the point that Randy feels threatened by him when he starts writing for the newspaper. Um, I would also say that Zachary Ty Bryan uh, reminds me at times of almost, almost kind of Chris Pratt at his best, like Chris Pratt when he was good. Like, that's I, I not saw really an argument for me, but well, I, 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 I'll hear you out. I, look, I'm talking basically Guardians of the Galaxy, or maybe like his role on Parks and Rec, but like yeah. that that. He, ha- I saw him, a reviewer referred to him once as the kind of action hero who could deliver a quippy line uh, or a cool line immediately before falling down an open manhole and sell it. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's someone who is, who, who is kind of like, has the physique and the look and the, and the, the mentality of a cool person, of a popular person, of someone you'd want to hang out with, who is also a complete clumsy goof, kind of a doofus, but you like him anyway. Yeah. Um, because he, even though he is a jock and even though he's, you know, not as smart as other characters on the show, he never feels like a mean, dumb jock. He's always kind of just like a good natured kind of, you know, up on himself, kind of a little bit of an ego, but like kind of just a, a, a nice, handsome, doofy, he's a himbo. Maybe that's what I like. I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I like, I like Zachary Ty Bryan very much this season. Um, yeah. So, what's it going to be, Landon? Oh man, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 my heart wants to argue to its final beat for Terran Noah Smith because he's just had such a rough go of it for seven seasons. Yes, he has. Or six seasons leading up to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I can't refute anything you're saying about Zachary Ty Bryan. Yeah, Uh, and in fact, you know, Zachary Ty Bryan, uh, (laughs) you're just resorting to intimidation to get your (laughs) 
get your argument over. Yeah, I'm just I'm um, leaning over the microphone menacingly, <laughs> just just staring at where I think you would be. Um, yeah, I and I will say, you know, the the writers give Zachary Ty Bryan more episodes. You know, he has the the marriage one. He has mm-hmm. the um the the pot episode. Yeah. Uh, and so but, yeah, just just like the writers undermine jill and that's why we're not picking her this season i i feel like they're they're favoring brad a bit yeah they are i mean even when he, they don't give him the episode he has he does such great supporting work in rebel without night driving privileges i hate that i have to keep saying that goddamn name although it's fitting that i who have created so many bad titles should be chained to one forever um he the fact that it's no the, bubble in, bubble toil and trouble no it's not it's not it's the it's the really uh the real tongue twisters are the ones that get embedded in your mind <laughs> um in that episode he does such good work kind of antagonizing randy playing off of randy or giving randy someone to play off of and still selling every line and ha- that's the episode where he's eating a fistful of cheese right off the top of a pizza like <laughs> that's commitment how do you not give that mvp landon i am flipping the table out from between right. us right now okay 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 i'm a bad uh, cop i <sighs> man i don't i don't like i, I so i'm not going to say that Taryn Noah Smith doesn't get it, but I will agree that Zachary Ty Bryant does. Okay, okay. I love how you, you describe it all the time as a battle to the death, but but really we tend to get along pretty well. One of us tends to capitulate to the other one pretty quickly. <laughs> um, as long as as the record in history books show... Uh, the the valiant effort of Terran Noah Smith this season. Uh, uh, that's all I care about. I don't feel great about not giving it to him either. By rights, you know, like if in a just world, he would get it because Zachary Ty Bryan wouldn't have been quite so good this season. But alas, yeah. ZTB, we hardly knew it. ye. <laughs> well, we got one more season to go. Who knows who will win MVP for the final season and maybe we'll even do a series mvp Ooh, oh man mm. oh 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 sh- oh man i i can't even consider that right now making one that has to <laughs> okay i mean we'll yeah, think about it we though. got a lot ahead of us buddy <sighs> good that's great that's great um so but we don't n- have so- too much ahead of us left in this episode in fact mm. we have only one more segment that we like to call the <gasps> grunt count this is really like the Eurovision Song Contest where we put so much filler up ahead of the part that everybody's really waiting to see, which is, uh, you know, which which is us uh, analyzing some numbers. <laughs> two two guys who are bad at math analyzing some numbers, probably getting it wrong. So, well, yes. Well, I, I hope you got your numbers ready because I'm about to oh, ask yeah. you some hard-hitting questions, sir. Oh, yes. In Season 7... What is the most amount of grunts we've had in a single episode? And what was the episode, if you remember? Oh, I remember. the high. I remember the circumstances, even. Uh, We had the most grunts in uh, episode 17, Taking Jill for Granite. That's where uh, Tom Wopat from Mm -hmm. Dukes of Hazzard comes back to uh, do some granite work in their countertop and then uh, comes on to Jill and tries to kiss her for realsies. Um, In that episode... (laughs) We had a total of 15 grunts, which is Whoa. far and away the most. Like, the next the next closest we had to that is seven grunts in uh, episode three of the season, which was wow. A Room at the Top. Um, but so there, we had so many grunts, really, it all came at the end of the episode when Tom Wopat comes back to the house to pick up oh, his cooler. Right. And he and Tim have this Annie Hall-style 
grunt conversation <laughs> that is just subtitled. Uh, and uh, that's so that's where you get to 15 grunts all at the end. Okay. Yeah. And they're only Tim's grunts, though. They're not They're not Tom's. Uh, yes, that's correct. They are only Tim's grunts. Yeah, of course they're only <laughs> Tim's like, grunts. Did you start start to change it in the last season that we're going into? Yeah. No, no, no. The thing that I've always been resolute about that I'm only counting Tim's <laughs> grunts. Yes, of course they're yeah, none of them are none of them are Tom Wopat's grunts. There's a there is um, some other podcast where people go through Dukes of Hazard and count how many times Tom Wopat grunts, but I'm not hosting that one. <laughs> uh okay, so uh, the the question that we've asked historically, uh I'm going to change a little bit, but the question is what's the least amount of grunts we've had? And clearly the answer is zero. Um but it, it, here's how I'm going to yeah. change it. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was I was going to give you my take on on it, but I want to hear how you change the, the the question. Actually, the change of the question is how many episodes did we get zero grunts? Okay. Well, the way that I was going to put it is that uh, the title of least grunts is a 16 way tie. <laughs> out of <laughs> out of 25 okay. episodes, 16 of them had no grunting whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. This is all adding up to very, very perplexing uh, uh, story that's being told here. Um, I, I, but... Landon, I, I hate to I hate to say it, and listeners at home, hold on to your butts if you thought the podcast was already kind of dry. The numbers are about to tell an even more interesting story, so get ready. Oh, that's boy. not the okay. biggest shock. We've got more questions for you. Okay, if we were to take all of the grunts from all of the episodes this season, on average, how many grunts could one expect? Uh, so what's, the, and and also, what's the median grunt? Okay, so the the median grunt is zero. Uh, so just give you that Take, taking outliers out of there. Okay, it's yeah, zero. Uh, yeah, okay. Even if I, yeah. Well, if I took out outliers, I would remove all of the values above zero. The overwhelming majority of the episodes have zero grunts. <laughs> the fact that there are episodes okay. with grunts is a statistical anomaly. Um, okay, then what's the average? Okay, the average GPE grunt per episode is 1.88. So now you want to stack that up against previous seasons. Well, actually, yeah. Okay, so season four, uh, there were 3.46 grunts per episode. Season five, it was 2.61. Now, what's interesting is that season six, though, and this is interesting is in the heaviest and darkest of quotation marks, uh, is season six... GPE was 1.52. So the average grunt per episode was going downward, and now it's actually ticking up for this season. What? I you're wait yes. a minute. Yes. I feel like my face just hit a brick wall. I I um, mean I I, I mean, had to recover from that. Yes, I know, I know. It's it's shocking. I hope every I hope no one was at home is driving what, while they're listening to this. What was the Do you have the number for the median of last season? Uh, the median of last season, uh, I don't, but I believe it was, uh, I believe it was zero as well. Hang on one second while I pull up that file. I feel like I'm awkwardly standing next to someone in an elevator. The median grunt from season six was zero. Okay, so that so, hasn't changed. Yeah, median grunt is the same. But it's gone up. Wow. Okay. I have to sit with that for a second. Um, okay. Okay. Take, take as long as you need. It's a shocking world we're living in. Uh, I, I will. So that brings us to the end of the season seven grunt count. The the amount of episodes and or grunts this season, I should say. And mm-hmm. this is where I guess. Yeah. 
the the total number, the the sum of the episodes, or mm-hmm. some of the grunts in the episodes this season. Yes, the sum of all grunts by Tom Clancy. <laughs> Probably made that joke <laughs> four times by or seven times now. I'm gonna go with twenty seven. Twenty eight. Twenty eight final answer. Uh incorrect. Final answer, number of grunts in season seven of Home Improvement, forty seven grunts. Say what? Yep, 47 grunts. You had that one episode with 15. You had three different episodes with five apiece. You had a couple of fours in there. Oh. You had an episode with seven. Basically, it, it winds up... I, listen, I can show you... I can, t- I can toss out numbers all day. But it adds up to 47. I can't wait to see this graph. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. No, the graph is going to be out of this world. You're, you're, <laughs> you've never seen... You're going to put this graph up on your ceiling over the Sandra Bullock poster. Um, now, now, here's what's interesting, though. Season... Okay, uh, okay so... Season one of Home Improvement, 359 grunts. Season two, 367 grunts. Eight more grunts, uh, you know, year over year. Season three, 182 grunts. Season four, 90 grunts. Season five, 68. Yes. 68 grunts for season five. Uh, Season six, 38 grunts. But now, 47. We 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 are increasing grunts year over year for the first time since season two ladies and gentlemen well i mean clearly How, it's time to invest i mean yes <laughs> yes so get on our patreon grunt coin is the new cryptocurrency to watch um yeah so, so this, our, this brings us to our final our our, our series total to date in yes. seven seasons yes and if i were a better math whiz i would have added all of those up as you spoke yeah but uh, i i know my well, audience let me let me see if i can't mentally calculate that zach galifianaka style um mm-hmm. i'm gonna say series total at the end of season seven is one thousand mm-hmm. um Five hundred mm-hmm. and sixty-eight. Uh, no, pretty far off. With all due respect, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thousand. Did I did I get it off at the the one thousand, the five hundred, the sixty, or the eight? Uh, it, it, it you you got off there pretty early on. It is one thousand, but instead of a five, uh-huh. it was a one. It was one thousand one hundred and fifty-one oh, really grunts so far. You went you went extremely. Far. I mean, look, I I respect it. You, much like that episode of Home Improvement, like the episodes where they brought in Willow. You tried something different. It didn't work, but God bless you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes, a, a one thousand one hundred and fifty-one grunts so far on Home Improvement, but that represents uh, a, an uptick in grunts. From uh, the previous season, so who knows? Well, uh, then what I have one more question holds. to ask yeah. you, which is, what do you predict from these numbers for season eight? I mean, I, I really, I at this point, I think given that season eight is ending at all, I think I, I would think that we're going to see. We're going to see a higher number than this. I think that we are going yeah. to see uh, another year over year grunt in, grunt improvement, so to speak, an improvement in our <laughs> grunt numbers. Uh, yeah. Because uh, simply because the show is going to be ending and they're going to, you know, they're going to hit every single thing pretty hard. Yep. And, and I think that just the last two or three episodes of the series alone 
there might even be more grunting than in than in if not this season than last season. That's my thought. Do you think? Okay, last question. Do you think in season eight they will surpass the highest number of grunts in in season one? Like, I mean, do you think there will be more grunts uh, in season eight than season one? Oh no, I don't think I don't think it's gonna get that high. I think we might get into the high double digits. I don't think we're gonna break a okay. hundred in season eight, but. I could be if Tim if Tim Grunt sings to a Christmas Carol again. I mean that'll break our numbers completely. And uh, and, and if they do knows? a clip show, you don't recount grunts, right? Uh, yes, I do not. I do not count stale grunts. <laughs> stale grunts. Okay. Only 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 um, fresh grunts. Sounds good. Okay. Well, then uh, we have come basically to the end of season seven. Though we have plenty of bonus episodes ahead for you still. So damn uh, many. As as we settle into our lives and a new routine, we want to be tip-top shape for you in Season 8. So uh, bear with us while we, we give you some some bonus contents uh, and, and get ready for Season 8. Yes. Um, before we go, though, I want to take this opportunity to thank all of our supporters over at Patreon.com slash GruntWorkPod. Uh, we can't do the show without you. We wouldn't do the show without you. Very Truly, true. Uh, absolutely love every single one of you. Yes. I'll call you out by first name. Um, so John, thank you so much. Kirsty, Tara, very much. Mason, TJ, Farah, Manbach, Amber, Jessica, Robert, Laren, Jordan, and Adam. Honestly, this is just uh, a delight to do with you and for you. Uh, and for ourselves, but to also well, get paid yeah, for it. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it, it's it's nice. It's nice to know people are listening, and it's really affirming to know that people are actually engaging with it and liking it. Uh, yeah. What we do because it feels pretty niche when you spend the afternoon computing uh, several years worth of of grunt statistics from a '90s TV show. So thank you yeah. for uh, you know you 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 all give uh, y'all you know no Landon we're doing it y'all give validity to uh, our live and our hobbies i i don't know why i stopped and in the middle of live i i don't either because it the y'all threw you off it's it's just really it feels alien and gross coming out of my mouth i <laughs> just like grunt hill it, um ugh. grunt hill huh oh um, that's our new housing development live the grunt work <laughs> lifestyle all year round <laughs> I will say uh, all of your 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 donations, uh, your support goes 100 percent to keeping the microphones plugged in and the hosting uh, going. So uh, we aren't making money off this, but you definitely make the show happen. So but, but thank one you of so us much. Did just buy a house stroking my chin. <laughs> curious, curious. <laughs> well, the microphones have to plug into an outlet and the outlet needs to be in a wall and that wall needs to be connected to some other Listen. walls. And there has to be a jacuzzi, <laughs> of course. You do enough math on the show. I'll take care of the books. Don't <laughs> don't have to look at those. Ah, okay, okay, Landon. I'll just make, I guess I'm just making out these checks to cash. <laughs> yes, but thank you uh, so much. Yes, thank you to our patrons because grunt work is made possible by you. And if you, also you, enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Or you can support us by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to these episodes because it's the fastest, easiest, freest way to support us. And it goes a long way to help new people 
find the show, which we really want to do in season eight. Yes. Uh, we want to give no them a spoilers. taste right at the end. <laughs> well, no spoilers, but I think we want to guide people to uh, a, a, projects beyond grunt work. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. We, you know, we are selling nutrient shakes. And if you join our downline <laughs> now, it's, it's just really amazing because you, you only need three people selling for you and then you can start making real money. Anyway, we'll talk more about it in season eight, but get ready. Get ready. Okay. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com where you can see information on today's episode. And until next time, when we bring you a bonus episode, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, thanks for listening, everybody. Just, just thanks. Just remember that we thank you. I also forgot to mention that Paul from Cheers is on Larry Sanders. What? Quick, 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 turn the mics back on. We have to start the podcast again.